This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. All right, hello and welcome to Aetherite Radio Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV podcast. We got everybody here. It's been a while. It's us. I've, I've, I've been sick. Rook was out doing things last week. It's We got everybody. Everybody's here. Everyone is here. Everyone. <laughs> Even chat. But all the people in chat over here, you're here. Yeah, you're here. Hello. But you know, in like two weeks, we're all going to disappear again. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Love us while you can. Uh, it's just been a busy, it feels like it's been a really busy time of year for everybody. Well, it's it, been and a wild time. And it's, it's going to get even crazier. I mean, before, you know, right before here, Rook was out doing some life stuff. <laughs> so we were, we were talking schedule stuff. So we, after mm. we're done here, we're going to keep you for a minute. We got to, we got to figure out some schedule stuff. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> November and December. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody go. We watch hope you enjoy your time because we will go see watch VODs because boy, man, we got all sorts of stuff happening. And that's like not even with like holidays. Then you have the holiday stuff on top of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we'll we'll be here maybe maybe a couple times. <laughs> We're going to do our best. You know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So and and we have the patch. So it's like. Go go play Criterion for the next two months, and then yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see you after that. Man, um, I hope it's that good. Sheesh. Yeah. So yeah, uh, lots, of, lots of stuff coming up. Um, before we jump in today, we're going to be uh, going back into our retrospective of Final Fantasy XIV. So uh, we are at Shadowbringers today. Uh, but first, uh, we do have t- just like tiny, tiny, super tiny mm-hmm. snippets of news. Uh, in case you missed it, FanFest has been announced uh, for us here <laughs> in NA. And I know we talked about this last week, but it's, it's FanFest. We got we to gotta make sure people are aware. Uh, it's in Vegas. I'm so happy it's in Vegas. I was, I'm like, cool, Vegas. And then they're like, also, it's July. And I was like, but why? <laughs> it's fine. I mean, Re- regardless. Okay. I'm just, I'm just glad j- they're doing it. I'm just glad they're doing yeah. it at the convention center because yeah. that mm-hmm. has like, depending on how much of the convention center that they rent out and all this kind of stuff. Um, I mean, that has so much more capacity. I have no personal interest in going to Vegas. I won't lie. It's not really my thing, but you sure as hell bet. I already reserved a hotel room <laughs> because I'm yep. like, I'm going to do this. So help me. I want to be there I'm, so bad. You know what? I'm a little bit surprised to hear that. Cause I would think that you'd want to see like shows and stuff. Shows, yeah. Rook hey, is like, I mean, I've seen both adaptations like, of the stand. I don't need to go to Vegas. Oh that's okay. No, I don't want to go and gamble and, and stuff. I want to go and see all the shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and shows? like go go to the neat restaurants and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the big draws. I do like those. I do like those. Mm-hmm. But I mean, here in, in Chicago, we do have a ton that's of fair. shows and a yep. ton that's, of good food. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, July twenty eighth. And 29th uh, in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Uh, for our friends across the pond uh, in Europe, they're going to be in London. That's at Excel London, um, October 21st and October 22nd. Not this month. It's not next week. It's next <laughs> year. Just in case you're here and it's like, oh shit, like I got w- tickets. Are they gone next week already? Wow. No, y- you got some time. Uh, the Japan is early 2024. So, um, mm-hmm. Typically, tickets we see for this uh, about four months out. So probably keep an eye out January, February-ish. Um, we'll probably have further details, maybe more details before then. Um, you know, we don't know what health and safety, COVID policies, all that stuff. We have no idea. They just said, these are the dates. This is where it mm-hmm. is. That's it. So so um, when we have FanFest Chicago, we'll all be able to stay with you in your new house, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. That's yeah. my goal. I've actually, you know, it's very strict as we've been looking for a new house. I'm like, got to have bedroom for Eighth Right Radio crew. If we can have three Important. bedrooms for each of them, that'd be great. But like, yeah. I guess we could do a bunk bed situation. We can, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, 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 yeah. Dibs on the, when I'm on the having bottom. Fun, I don't sleep. It's fine. Oh, well, then I there we go. Not sleep. a big it's deal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. We'll we'll have a nice like nook reserved for you somewhere, like a mm-hmm. little book nook or something. You can like yeah, hang out there. You, know, that'll, you that'll can be just great. store me in a closet yeah. for a second. It's fine. Yeah, that'll, that'll be great. But like, hey, mom, guess what? The fan fest is in Chicago this year. Oh, great! So you're gonna go? No, I'm not staying with you. I'm not. I'll, I'm gonna be over here. Sorry. <laughs> Love you, mom. Um. Okay. So also, uh, we have uh the EP two for Endwalker is out now. So that's got uh some four fiend stuff. It's also got. Uh, Scream and White Stone Black, which is the um, P8S uh, mm-hmm. track. So all that stuff, if you want to get it, it is available at uh, all the places. It is digital only, so like you can't go to like your local record store and be like, I would like the vinyl of And Walker S EP. That's not a thing, unless um, it's a very very good record store. Somehow mm. they ordered it before you. Wanted they just it. they custom made it, and they're like, yeah. maybe somebody will buy. I know it's super niche, but like you never know. Uh, All Saints Wake, um, this is going to be going live the day after the patch, so uh, October 19th, um, there's going to be this cool kind of like alchemist, crazy scientist uniform, um, there's going to be an eat pumpkin cookie emote, um, a weird Don't cage the ghost furnishing thing, and then they're also going to have like a, they, they put this a on the dev it's blog. It's a ghosty wisp. They're going to have like a, I like it. It's like a little wisp table lampy kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. They're also doing like a you know, like an instance that's like a creepy photo shoot. Yeah, space the haunted housey cute thing. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's something new. That's I was really hoping that the wisp itself would die. The cage around the wisp dies, not yeah. the wisp. And I was like, man. <laughs> yeah, that'd be too easy, right? No way. They're gonna like two years from now. They're gonna release a red one and a green one, and then you gotta go get that. You know. Ugh. Yep. Uh, and then also, I know, we, again, we mentioned a lot of this last week, but we just want to recap. Uh, new data center for North America is scheduled to arrive on Tuesday, no- Tuesday November 1st. Uh, it's going to be called Dynamis. It's going to have four worlds, Halifarnasus, <laughs> Maduin, Marlith, and Seraph. And then um, housing for that will start um, on November 5th. It'll be lottery again. So um, if you don't have a house and you really want a house and you don't mind transferring servers, that's an option. Mm-hmm. I thought about it. It seems now. dumb, and I hate it, it's but fun. I thought about it. Um, I, think, I think you should. Honestly, I think you should. You think I should? I mean, I probably should. I mean, Fusion, you've been mm. very, like, as your friend, I can say this because I love you very much. <laughs> you've been very sad and bitter That's about true. the it's situation. True. So if it would alleviate some of that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I just like, give it a shot. Try but then I have out. to decide which world to go to. And that's like a whole yeah. other. Just hit random. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I want to leave my fate to, to random. Pick the third one. Pick the third one, Marlith. Mm. I don't even know what a Marlith is. <laughs> like, um, multi-armed uh, female demon type female looking. Of course, Aldiano yeah. knows. Of course, Aldiano knows. Fantasy one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll so see. think we'll like see. the Naga bodied with forearms and swords. So huh? like a Melisine. This has awoken something in me. Okay. (laughs) Oh man! All right. That's all. So that's that's the news. Oh, uh, (laughs) special special uh, special site has been updated for the patch. Uh, We're gonna get the 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 like Grahatia like 
Emote. Yeah, emote. Mm. Where he like, where he like, oh, Stanny, it's I, so I'm cool. trying to do it, and it looks awful. Don't, don't look at that. I um, thought it looked adorable, Fusion. Don't undersell oh, yourself. <laughs> I didn't know we were getting that though. Now I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. so we're, we're getting that. Um, we know from Live Letter, we'll we'll also be getting some kind of uh, uh, corgi minion somewhere. Yeah. Uh, there's also a uh, like a Alamegan throne. Not, it's, it's not quite a throne. It's probably just a super fancy chair because it's not the throne. Yeah. Um, but it's like white and purple and gold. Uh, it's a flying yeah. chair mount. So Off that's color, comes from, slightly uh, bent tombstone chair. Yeah. It comes yeah. from Criterion, so it's Sildan or whatever. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Unless we learn something. Yeah, unless we learn something new. I don't know. <laughs> Is that a spoiler, Yoshi P? Did you spoil it? Oh, man. They had chairs. Well, you know, it had. Oh, no. It had. Uh, <laughs> Looking at the chair. Yeah, it does. We have were like going to talk about Shadowbringers, but we're going to spend the next two hours just analyzing this yeah. freaking chair now. Um, it it has, you know, it's, it's got some grapes on the side there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, just I, like I the see, sunken temple. I, right. I see grapes, and I immediately go to Karn. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Speculate, when are we speculate, gonna get, speculate. <laughs> when are we going to get a feed grapes emote that's persistent Ooh. so that you can feed someone grapes? When are we I definitely want to see at some point, uh, like duo emotes. I know some games yeah. have them. Yeah. Be like pick up your friends that came around and shit. That'd be great. It'd yeah. Be so cute. I, I don't know how they would do it in 14. Like Destiny has it. And they, the way that it works is like it basically turns into like an interaction spot. So you just go into yeah. like E or whatever e. and it joins in. But we don't really have that in. Susano. 14, you would have to like be able to click on the person. The little spot where you click on it yeah. and then you yeah, lock the sword. Yeah, but it would have that, but then the emote would have to create yeah, a it's spot. True. And that seems it's like. That's I'm like, just reuse that. Tricky. I think they could do it. They could do it. It would, I mean, it would take involved, yeah, like it would be make them. Look, we were going to we increase the graphics in 7.0, but people really want to be able to be fed grapes. So. Grapes. <laughs> No, I'm, and that's I'm ready it. for the graphics. That's all the yeah. news. That's all the news. So uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead here and jump into uh, and continue our retrospective here on Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, we are at Shadowbringers now. We are. And what you must. This was, I think, actually the first formal review like the first formal expansion that all of the podcast reviewed. I was not myself, I was taking the form of Brian. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, but quite this a change. The, it was a pretty big change. It was a pretty radical change. Um, but this was the first one, as far as I could find, when I was putting this together, yeah. where all four of you actually, well, four including myself as Brian, um, mm -hmm. actually reviewed and did your own like words for a review on Shadowbringers. I don't know if everybody wants this to was, read their own thoughts. Yeah. So this have, was just gosh. yeah. I mean, for people like what? So we, I, I think I reviewed heaven's word as just like a standalone like review because that's that's when we really mm -hmm. started to pick up with with reviews for the site um but then i think it was the end of stormblood where we did our first like patch review um mm -hmm. and so when when Shadowbringers came up uh we're like all right we'll just you know we try to come up with like this this formula and we're like we'll use this for everything and then we changed it and because you know why would you stick with something um <laughs> and so yeah this was the first time we did it i mean this was also for me. Uh, I mean, this was coming off Avengers Endgame. Uh, no, Avengers Infinity War. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was like, I'm like, if you're new to the show, me gusta MCU. I love the mm -hmm. MCU. I think it's great. It's like 
I'm all about it. So like for me, like having Shadowbringers, I ended up calling it like an Avengers level event because it's just mm-hmm. it brings everything together. Right. Like it's just all these things that we knew. So a little bit of new stuff. And it's just like this journey. And like that was I, I, I was like, yes, yeah, it's, it's like Avengers and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what I said was it's hard to say um, everything I need to say about this, but it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've always been a really big fan of alternate reality stories. So when they threw us like feet first into one, I was like, hell yeah! How could the world be different? This is so sweet! So I was really I was very into it. It's very cool. Yeah, I kind of like the first a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knew that at all. Uh, yeah. But I kind of like it. And okay. really, I know that my, my review the biggest part of it was the story. And I know that I said it was the best story in like 15 or 20 years with Final Fantasy's name on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that is targeting like 12 or 10, I would say. You know, 11 got there eventually. It was pretty good. But like for mainstream, I think the story of Shadowbringers, when taken in context with everything else that Final Fantasy 14 has given us, was easily on par with that golden age, you know. Like how you just switched your background, like, surprise. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to be here I, today. I don't know if you knew this, but he likes the yeah, first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> have to actually the, say. Uh, the landing oh, page for the D&D game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Um, yes, I actually loved what Brian said mm. in his review about this, because I actually think it summarizes so much of the entire community's feeling when this expansion dropped. Um, Brian said, while the story benefits from years of stories before this one, it capitalizes on those years and its characters to such perfection that it stands out as perhaps one of the greatest Final Fantasy stories to date. The story of Shadowbringer stands on par with that of a single-player Final Fantasy so much that it raises the bar for future numbered titles in this series. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, really, though, like, I, that is such an incredible way to put it because... I wasn't here to review it, but I probably would have said something almost exactly the same myself, you know, Mm. Um, because this was not just an expansion that I think defined Final Fantasy XIV, right? This expansion was an expansion that received so much praise, so many accolades, so many things um, that we just saw this repeated across reviews and across public opinion over and over and over again. This isn't just a great MMO story. This is a phenomenal story in the gaming space, period. And for a very long time, MMOs have not had that kind of recognition. When you think about what people say about games or when it comes to awards and things like that, MMOs are usually their own category and people praise them for very specific things. But having a story that like revolutionizes or um, completely changes how you perceive a franchise is not something that MMOs have oftentimes been praised for. And Shadowbringers was one of those expansions that I think not only confirmed what 14 had been doing in the space all along, where they said, hey, we're going to go whole hog on our story and narrative, and we believe that players will love that, even though so many other games shy away from it. They try to do this MMO formula, or it's like an episodic thing where you can take or leave every expansion. And they really doubled down on their storytelling and then did something pretty radical and pretty phenomenal with Shadowbringers, with even recontextualizing everything you thought you knew about the story up until that point. 
And I mean, it, it was a phenomenal expansion. Mm-hmm. And I think it really opened a lot of doors for MMOs as a whole to say, hey, no, we can tell incredible narratives and we can be right up there with single player games. Well, mm-hmm. and, and I think to a large drive of that, I mean, obviously, like we've talked about all the other versions of of, of 14 leading to this, right? We talked about a realm of oh, Rorn, heavens. Yeah, I was, old habit. I don't know, man. Um, it's a different. It's a different version of fourteen. I love it's, it. it. Yeah, it, I mean, kind of. Uh, but you know, this game has had great story already. But what really changed, I think, with Shadowbringers, especially um, looking at this quote from Brian, is that it stands on par of that with a single player Final Fantasy. With Shadowbringers, we had trust for the first time, and you could play through the story. By yourself, trials exempt, right? But like, I think for a lot mm-hmm. of people, um, you know, especially maybe on the on the media side, review side, right? The idea of okay, and and even from the narrative side, like, yes, we've had these um, kind of road trips, right, with characters. I mean, that's what Heaven's Word and Stormblood were. It's all right. We'll pick these couple of characters, and we'll just we'll go around to all the different areas, and some stuff will happen. Um, and I mean, the same is true with with Shadowbringers, but it's more of a tight-knit group with that and it sticks together instead of like okay like over here something happens that character goes away for a little bit it's the same core group throughout the entire expansion because of that trust system um and i think that helped in in a lot of different ways right um to really help push the narrative and and i remember the gameplay uh, at the time when we were talking about it uh when you get to the end of that first chunk of story we all kind of had the uh, agreement epiphany that it's like, this is the point in time where the characters start to feel like their own people. It took a while to get there, but the characterization yeah. mm-hmm. really like started to hit home there. Yeah. And I mean, and again, right. That's not to say that we haven't had hints of that before. Like, you know, Alice, they pushed Alphano in the water and Stormblood like that. You know, yeah. that mm-hmm. was there. But it's just you're spending a lot more time with them in the narrative because of the trust system. They need to be around. Um, and I thought that ended up working very, very well um, for for Shadowbringers. And this was also the first expansion that Ishikawa was the, like, oversaw all of the narrative, right? Jeez. Because she had done writing in Stormblood and yeah. some of the most beloved zones were, like, directly <laughs> a product of her genius. But I think a lot of what we see there really can be attributed to her and her great strengths as a writer. Not to say that the whole team does not also contribute to this, but she has such a strong push for the humanizing element of characters. She really looks for those things that resonate with you, the small details, the small emotional beats. And I think we saw that. Things that make you cry. Things that make you cry so much. Um, But I think we really saw that start to shine in Shadowbringers. And then, of course, I mean, I love what you said about the trust and everything, because that was a system that was introduced here that does, I think, make it feel even more tightly knit as a single story. Um, But, I mean, the twists in Shadowbringers were phenomenal. And we'll get to that later as well. But I think it takes not only having a really phenomenally well-established world where your lore and everything is so coherent and you understand it and you've, you've really made it something. But then I think it takes a huge amount of gall and innovation and bravery to then say, okay, what would be like the conventional way we go about this? Okay, they're all evil. 
evil and that's just what mm -hmm. it is and then zodiac's the big bad at the end and it's all bad but to do this thing that essentially recontextualized the entire narrative the entire game that allowed them to take their own ownership over something that they had been grappling with the remnants of since 1.0 and to i mean have such a well-established world that they could in many ways flip it on its head in how we understood it as players is still one of the most profound moments in storytelling i think i've ever had in an mmo like mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. last zones oh my gosh no i i i it that reveal i mean we'll, we'll, we'll get to it we'll get to it mm -hmm. um so what out of all of shadowbringers what stands out to you the most i mean there's so many things right it's, it's hmm. such a such a big question i know what do i remember most specifically for the, first. the first the yeah. first okay the first for some reason the thing that comes to me the most quickly and i don't even i don't know if this is this is the right answer but the thing that comes to me the most quickly is going from thinking emmet Sug was just a terrible villain to being like oh my goodness this is an interesting character. Yeah. He's such a, a quippy little shit, and he won't leave me alone, but I love him. He makes yeah. the story very interesting. Zanidra, mm. I agree with you, and I'll push that even further. Um, the level of thirst. <laughs> I have never been so parched in my entire life. <laughs> And I went, I went, it was the same kind of journey. I was like, this man is a nincompoop and I hate anytime he's on the screen to now, like, I have the thirst of an ocean in me and it's good because he's at the bottom of the ocean. So I'm going <laughs> to drink my whole way down and then I'm going to end up with this weird Shakespearean idiot. And I <laughs> just not an idiot, you know, it's terms yeah. of affection. Uh, no, his, his character. Yeah. Emmett Salk stands out for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I gosh, I mean, I remember. And you, you can go back because I, I said it multiple times. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we were introduced to Emmett Selk at the end of Stormblood, and I said I didn't like Arden in fifteen. I don't like him in fourteen. Yep, because he just felt like a weird kind of hey, like I, uh, wasn't my oh, thing. Look at that! Look at that but, plush. Where did that plush come from? But then mm -hmm. Shadowbringers came, or Shadowbringers came in, and Ishikawa took that that big stinky pile of clay and and sculpted <laughs> it a little bit, and I was like, okay. Stinky. Stinky yeah. like, oh, there's okay two of them. Oh. All right. <laughs> Look, where are you? I'm, where are you? Where, where are you getting these? I get them from Etsy, the amazing fan artists that create, and then you can dress them up. This one has little booties. You can take them off his feet, and the booties have the garlic <laughs> on them. So for Halloween, you're gonna put those on one of the cats, right? <laughs> This one has a removable mask. That's all. <laughs> uh, yeah, Emmett Salk, I would say, was a high point mm, for me as definitely well. Definitely a standout. Yeah, I mean, I, you guys keep talking about Shadowbringers real quick. I gotta go to Etsy. I, I'll try and find the links. They usually do like pre order batches. Mm -hmm. okay, okay. I think for me, like Emmett Salk was, was a part of it. But I think it was like the Asians in general, because for me, I love Emmett Selk. Don't get me wrong. I have just the utmost respect for that character at all, because that's a hard character to pull off. And they did it impeccably. And it kept growing. He kept growing when we see him again later yeah. on. You thought you thought he was done. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it just gets layers and layers. But for me, the Asian of Shadowbringers that got me was a little bit because like this whole twisting the heroes to 
do your bidding by inspiring them to become heroes to be the source of the myth almost like that's so five cool yeah. five point three man yeah point three like, like heroes gauntlet there's, into and there's, the rest there's of it. so Ugh. much around that too right i mean because yeah. that was that was the first patch affected by the pandemic so mm-hmm. we went longer without a patch and then we yeah. finally get it and the patch just because like it shows up on your you know you load log, log into the game and there's just this hand and it just comes out just grabs you by the throat and it's like feelings <laughs> and i'm right. like oh i'm not ready for this it was yeah I like feeling feelings yeah, yeah. Love that this game all makes the tears it was incredible it was incredible yeah, all the tears right out of you i think yeah. it's so good it's like one one and one a it's just the Asians in general and then you know the bullet points are a little bit for me and m itself for sure one thing i also really remember and this is just just such a i don't know a, a random thing to recall really distinctly but i think the moment of when you first awaken on the first and all mm. the light and that mm-hmm. shot and the music and the purple trees I felt so ridiculously enamored in that moment. Of yeah. just well, and then and then the one everything. merchant shows up, and it was what was it, G? Their names were G, with with G or C or what? Yeah. It's like the same naming pattern as the guy mm-hmm. that starts yeah. you off in a Realm Reborn. Right. It's like really, yes! really. Yes! So, I mean, it's so I, good though. I can't believe that we haven't already talked about this fellow, but and then he dies. <laughs> taking yeah, taking. Grahatia from what he was mm-hmm. and then making him into what he is in the first and like thinking about what this sweet little boy has gone through that's just so yep. like heart shattering it's not heartbreaking heart it's heart shattering it's heart rending yes and then how they somehow wove in the crystal tower mm-hmm. and alexander into this whole narrative i mean um something that did become a big part of this, actually, I don't even think that I had put on the outline, was the fact that this was one of the first times that they had retroactively taken a piece of content and made it mandatory for a future expansion. And, well, okay, it did not start out as mandatory, but Mm. as people discovered, and even as my partner discovered, as we played through side by side, I've talked about it before on the podcast, if you hadn't finished those quests or, like, turned in the last one for whatever reason, even if you had a lot of the towers unlocked, um, you would get different cutscenes. And so you would have moments where, like, as we were playing side by side, that moment where you finally call out, Grahatia, I know who you are, and that whole thing, like, you haven't done been new the whole time, you know? That whole (laughs) moment was totally different for my partner than it was for me. And, yes, and, like, you can't even say you know who he is if you Mm -hmm. hadn't done it. It's weird, yeah. So it was Uh. like, it went from this real tearjerker of a moment to like my partner being like, this sucks. What do you mean I don't get to do this just because I didn't do it? So like, obviously this led them to to then reconsider down the road how they would handle integrating narratives like this. And we have seen them shift to just a more mandatory system, which was something that Shadowbringers also introduced that I hadn't really thought about until this moment. But it was so great. Like if you had done it and you had your inklings, right? And Mm -hmm. then to see how they wove all these stories together. And I think for the first time took this big leap in Shadowbringers to make old, seemingly disconnected content um, an ongoing relevant part of the world. I really did appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. I think I think Ah. for me, I'm gonna like we've talked a lot about the story. Like obviously the story is great. I think the things that I remembered the most um gameplay wise was the machinist rework. 
because uh, like I I played a lot of Machinists and Stormblood, but like also mm. you know it, it had issues. I mean, it still has issues. Um, but just the way that they changed it up for Shadowbringers, it was like it was like a whole other job, like a whole new job, yeah. and it it felt so great. I mean, that was my main for all of Shadowbringers was was Machinists, so that was really cool. Um, I think the thing that is always going to stick with me the most though is watching that full cinematic from the Japan I was going to say that like listen watching and that you, and you listening to, this, to Graha do, no, doing like the No, don't, we don't even need Graha. You could remove him from the opening okay. video and it wouldn't affect my my thoughts here. But All right. Some of you will probably, you know, if you're listening, you know, you know I I slipped 11 earlier. Um we have this shot where you come out and it's just like the Crystal Tower and then there's like the city and you're like I feel like I've seen that before. And mm. then they have this yeah. whole panel later where it's like, yeah, it's from like that tech demo. I'm just like, <gasps> yeah, that was cute. That was awesome. The, the freaking rapture tech demo like that for me was like, that was awesome that they were mm. like, yeah, we're going to like recreate this thing. And I'm like, like so many people like hadn't seen that. Right. But then there's like that, that little group that's like, oh, I remember that. Like I was big into 11. We thought this was going to be like the next big MMO. And now it's in 14. Like, that was cool as hell. Um, so, yeah. Now, the Endwalker, Endwalker is probably my favorite expansion. My favorite trailer is Shadowbringers. There well, was and, just it, and it starts so much in there. The way that it starts, too. And we still don't have this damn armor in the game, Yoshida. Like, where is this armor? It, it, <laughs> yes. it's, it's the Warrior of Light walking around in the armor from yep. the 1.0 all cinematic. The, all the throwbacks uh, I, that we have I from remember sitting there in the front row at the Vegas Fan Fest and he comes up and he's just he's wearing that 1.0 armor. I lost it. I was like, <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> like it was just oh my god. Yeah. So um, But yeah, no, uh, it's funny that you should also bring up the trailer because that's the next thing I wanted to, to bring up. And specifically like I was saying the Graha part where he's like narrating the yeah. you know, mm-hmm. be what you must, do what you must do, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I that was just so like right right to my heart like this is dramatic. Shit's hitting the fan. We gotta go. Mm-hmm. I mean, the oh, community still quotes that. Become mm-hmm. what you must. Yeah. You yeah. know? I yeah. mean, yeah. It's Throw still wide the gates. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. That has become so iconic in the whole community. It was like ripples. It, yeah. It yeah. was really huge, for sure. There are a couple other things. There's, I keep thinking of, of different dumb and, things. And you know, we'll, we'll probably hit it as we go along here because yeah, we so. still got a lot to talk about. Um, one of the other things too about Shadowbringers, um, smoothest expansion release, like not just for fourteen, ever. but maybe of any ever. online game in ever. the world mm-hmm. in yep. the history of ever. everything. Yep. Um, yeah. Really, I, truly, I, genuinely, I, I was don't remember away. having any issues ever. Yeah. Yeah. And coming from Stormblood, which during our own retrospective, we talked about a lot of the problems with that. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, you know, even um, as we've done our reviews with Endwalker, although we haven't gotten there yet in our retrospective, right? But the login server issues, everything. Mm-hmm. Out of all of the history of Final Fantasy XIV, Shadowbringers was honestly a near perfect expansion release for an mmo i was blown away i don't even remember there there probably were login queues but i don't even remember it actually being a problem um i don't remember server crashes i don't remember weird bugs they did the story in such a way that obviously you have the alice alfino split there was no no dealing with (laughs) robon yeah no robot extreme no pippin extreme 
it was just a genuine, smooth, sailing kind of delightful experience from beginning to end to go through with everybody. And, you know, I wasn't having to comfort friends that were like, I can't get in. You know? <laughs> Like, it's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I just got into the next dungeon. I'll talk to you later. Mm -hmm. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember a hiccup. I'm trying to very, very, and you know, two of us are on Balmung, and I, I feel even like I, then I don't remember. I feel like I yeah. vaguely remember maybe like somebody tried to DDoS and maybe I got disconnected yeah. like once, mm -hmm. like the entire first week. Yeah, but like yeah. I, I, there's just I have this memory of being like on the beach fighting something in collusion, like getting DC'd or something. Mm. I do. Remember I, I don't know DDoS, why I remember like, that. Yeah, like maybe towards the end of the first week, there were some yeah, DDoS so. attacks. Yeah, but even those they handled beautifully. Like I don't remember them disrupting yeah. things long term. You know, why are you mad? We're having a good time. Because <laughs> everybody's always mad. Oh, and they're just jealous. They they didn't have to halt sales of the game. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't I mean, too successful. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty impeccable, which is a huge testament, especially with fourteen, because I do think fourteen doesn't even have quite as flexible a server infrastructure right. as certain other games do at this point. Yeah. So that was a real testament to their work and preparation and meticulous integration of feedback and reception from from the previous expansion. You know. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so smooth. It was so great. Uh, and of course, with Shadowbringers, uh, two new jobs. We got Gunbreaker and we got Dancer. This was interesting. Zen, Zen, what is this look? What are you doing? You're like crossing the your question, arms. And... The question in there is favorite new class. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. Gunbreaker for you, that. obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, the one thing that I... Oh, it's so funny. This was actually kind of radical, these two classes. I think they've ended up being real favorites. I mean, for many, many people, Gunbreaker had that phenomenal design with the almost DPS style combo chain mm -hmm. that people really loved. I found myself enjoying playing it even. And also because I'm a huge ape fan, I've been like waiting. Right. I mean, that was the thing. They're like, man, how can we get fusion to tank? What if we just like make them use a gunblade? <sighs> Yeah, and, all the, yeah. and a bunch of the animations are going to be borrowed from eight. Oh man, you guys are mm -hmm. also the raid for Shadowbringers is Eden. All right, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Let's <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> and then um, dancer, right? Like this is I love dancer, and I love dancers. It is and Zanidra, Obviously, it was your true calling. It was your true purpose. It, you've mm -hmm. been waiting for this day. You were born anew this day to become a, the true dancer that you were meant to always be. Mm -hmm. I this is so funny for me and I don't want anybody to be like rock -a -la -la -la, but you know like how could you I'm ready because this was just my these were just my emotional feelings mm -hmm. I have not had in a fan fest like a visceral disappointment reaction with the exception of one time mm -hmm. and the one time was when they announced that dancer would not be a healer and I, uh, okay. I was I genuinely, I was upset. Yeah. Like I, mm -hmm. I had trouble the rest of that stream, even feeling like excited. And it honestly surprised me even because normally I try to be a fairly even keel person, right? I've got my passionate opinions on things and emotional responses. But when it comes to, you know, game news or expectations and stuff like that, um, you know, I'm never of that opinion of like, okay, you know, let's go so over the top that we're bombarding the devs with anger. Like, mm -hmm. that's not me. I'm not, you know. Um, and so I was actually surprised at the time by how I felt about that, because it was one of the first times that I could remember, at least, 
that they had broken up doing a tank and healer and I had been waiting yeah. for the new healer so expectantly. And then they had done these astrologian changes and I mm -hmm. was like, why is this happening? And I was so disappointed. And I love it how it is now, right? Like, it's fine. I think Dancer is fantastic. And I think it's great as a DPS. But yeah, I remember having a really strong reaction to I, that. I, I recall being on the other side of that, like being with with uh, a couple of healer friends mm -hmm. and just seeing that. And I'm like, oh, fuck, oh no, don't beat me up. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying I, this before. Yeah. yeah. I was fine with the reveal, but at the, the media tour, <laughs> yes, we had to bring Fusion. this up. We Fusion had to bring tell, this up. Tell you. So I was sitting there, and <laughs> we're getting the the lowdown. Like this is what dancer is. It's yeah. physical range, and I'm like, cool. And it's like we're gonna de-incentivize de buffs, and I'm like, cool. That seems good. But only one job is gonna have a bunch of buffs, and that's dancer. And I'm like, I hate the very idea the, of. This. They're talking. So so the way that the media <sighs> tour worked, and I know we've talked about this before, but like the you know they have like the really cool. Uh, the video that they put out, right? Showing off mm -hmm. the jobs and rotations and new stuff. And then they have the live letter where they talk. That's what we get. We just get it like a month early. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> they're presenting Dancer to us. And they're like, yeah, it's like this physical range and it's going to have all the utility because it's new. And I just remember me and Charles, like we just looked at each other like, that sounds horrible. Like What? This is like the Stormblood equivalent of like, we're going to try and max uh, minimize the amount of buttons that people have to push, but also add duty actions. <laughs> what? That's kind of... never went back to. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like fundamentally, oh. I don't like that idea. And it it's, not, it's not the reason for the issues right now, but no. it didn't help, right? Like if, if they had not consolidated onto one job and given Machinist a little bit, and given Bard a little bit more, and make it, it affect didn't last them. too long though. Like they, they came yeah. back, and they're like, "All right, we'll give Bard yeah. a little bit more utility back." Uh, Machinist yeah. can still be the selfish asshole with the robot. <laughs> I mean, um. there there have been very few things in this game that have actually made me do like a double take at the job team. I mean, mm. of course, there are times, there are all sorts of things where we critique, yeah. we discuss, but ninety nine point nine percent of the time. I logically understand what they are trying to do. I'm like, mm. I understand where this is coming from, even if it doesn't feel good to play, even if there's critique or feedback about this. I fundamentally understand the direction you're taking. The one of the very few times I've ever remembered being like, what? Was when they were like, and Bard has no more buffs. And I went, why is you have a Bard then? <laughs> Bard, Bard has always been one of those jobs for me. Like it, after after they stopped like the refresh stuff utility mm -hmm. stuff like it made no sense like to this day the fact that like bard has a thing called mages ballad right <laughs> it has nothing to do with mages or refresh or anything and i'm just like what is this supposed to be um but it, you know dancer was was funny too cuz like they announced dancer and it's it's funny because like when the stormblood cinematic hit we're like oh look it's a dancer and they're like no it's just yeah. a monk um so we finally got dancer i'm like okay cool and i at the end of my time playing 11 i was a dancer main totally different job mm -hmm. than what it is in 14 now so like for a minute i'm like oh okay cool like let's see what the oh it's not quite the same also, the, the, the randomized, like, sequential bullshit that was on Machinist, they took it off Machinist, but then they put it on Dancer. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like that. 
I mean, obviously, yeah, I yeah. ended up I ended up leveling dancer to, to ninety mm-hmm. or whatever. Anyway, because since I was leveled a machinist, I had the gear already, so I might as well. You can you can look on Lodestone. There is one job in this game that I have never even unlocked, and you can guess which one it is. Like that that is scholar. I was dancer? so uh, yes. I've never unlocked it. Wow. I will at what? some point. I what it. It okay. just wrinkled me so hard because. I just figure at this point it's because you know you'll never be able to play it because it's mine. I mean, it's wow. yeah. yeah, true, but I just so I don't saying. like the very idea of putting all the utility on one class. It just yeah. doesn't make any sense. No. Even as somebody doesn't. who switched to that job, I was like, like why? And, and even there should even be multiple then, jobs like, that can do the same thing. That's how all of the job yeah. types work. At the very least, bars should be in parity with that utility. Like, yeah, yes. holy crap. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so all of that aside, while that was a very strange move, I actually do love Dancer. See, I'm yeah. a big fan of random sparkly RNG bullshit. <laughs> I, I genuinely like them, not to the point where you feel like you're being cheated from something, but I've mm-hmm. never really felt that at least in the years that I have played 14, that even the classes that had RNG were doing that to me because they oftentimes give you so many other tools to be able to still control your pacing, control your stuff, you know? And mm-hmm. one of the things that I thought was so fun about Dancer was not only how they envisioned right? Having the steps, the different flourishes, the things that you use, um, the little tambourine, tinkle, 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 when you do your Mm. little steps. And then all the procs where you have this really fast, like frantic, almost crescendo where you're firing all your stuff off. I genuinely love that. And I still think it's really fun. Um, How that affected other classes was different. But as we have with Dancer, I think the animations, the actual play, for me, I genuinely do love it. And I yeah, like the, the, uh, the job identity, I think, is really good with Dancer. Mm. Um, it's hard to it's hard to screw it up, though, because your actual attacks are dancing. So Yeah. yeah I, it's not I, I like was, they can be like, and you don't have your fairy anymore. What are yeah. you know? I do, I I do know. remember playing Dancer. Uh, and I, I think really as I was leveling up, I you know, do like a lot of alliance raids and stuff with it. I remember it it felt really good to AoE on Dancer. Mm-hmm. You just kind of run around and you spin around and like it, it was I remember that I like I enjoyed that. Um but uh yeah, I mean gosh, yeah. what else yeah. what else did we have with uh with with Shadowbringers? Was that was what that was when the... they removed the the that was when they adjusted tank stance, right? I think so there wasn't an attack stance yes, and a tank stance. So. Yes, I think you're yeah. right. That was Shadowbringers. I feel like that, I was, Shadowbringer. that was Shadowbringers. Mm-hmm. We got uh, some gap closers as well. Um, yeah, which, which was really nice. Which um, was nice to the best yeah. balance we'd ever had. Charged abilities. Even even with the charged like, abilities. Yes, yeah. that was the big. That was the big thing. And yeah, um, it was great balance. Really, really yeah. good. Even with yeah. the weird like change uh, as far as like Bard and Machinist losing mm-hmm. things, it was still everybody was really. The, uh, machines was so good. We're like we're gonna give them like this multi tool. It's like a drill. It's an air anchor. It's a bio blaster. <laughs> it's an autocrat. It just that job felt so damn good. It, and, and I remember you know going back to the media tour. So um, we've been lucky enough that both me and Aldi got to go to the media tour for the last few runs. So we're able to kind of divvy up the workload a little bit because there's a lot of stuff to try and cover <laughs> in, in the yeah. in the time you have there. Um, and bless bless Aldi. He's over there working his ass off. And I'm like, hey, if you could just like take care of X, Y, and Z, I'm just going to be over here playing Machinist because this thing exactly is bananas. Um, it was 
it was so hard going back to Stormblood, going back to like 4.5 mm-hmm. live on the servers after playing the the media tour machinist because I'm like, this thing sucks now. Like I don't <laughs> want, reload ammunition. What is this shit? Where's my robot? Like mm-hmm. it was just man, it was wild. Like it, yeah, machinist was the rework was so good. Um, yeah. Did they we also... get direct hit? Oh. Or was that? Yeah. Mm, I'd have to look that up. I will. You have to double check that. I can't remember. Um, yeah. They did make it so that some of the job gauges that had felt particularly awkward in Stormblood started to have better cohesion with classes as well. Like um, White Mage, for example, was the most awkward, terrible <laughs> thing with that mm-hmm. gauge. It was the most bizarre yeah. thing, and it felt so terrible. Um, and it felt like you were getting punished because you had to play yeah. in the least efficient way possible to do a thing mm-hmm. that didn't even matter. It was so yeah. like it was so counterintuitive to like the flow and measure of how you would use something like that. So there were some good reworks, I think, in yeah. fixing it, some of that. It wasn't direct hit. It was piety in 5.0. So the piety oh, change to fix okay. us all at 10k MP. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's yeah. Like an right. MP thing. Yeah. Oh, right. At which point they Remo- removal took of TP away. as well. Oh, no more, yeah. no oh, more that TP. Was before. Was oh, that yeah. before? Yeah, that came with accuracy That's in Stormblood. Already done yeah. Happened. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. um they also took away things like refresh. Yep. Uh because they were like, Hey, MP's different now. You don't really need refresh. Uh may just mm-hmm. handle that on your own. Yep. We did have oh. mana shift though. Yeah, I'm still kind of I I don't know. I get I get why they did it because they you know, I think heard from the community a lot that MP and balancing mana management for players was something that caused some stumbling blocks or discrepancies between classes, right? Um, at various points with a healer, you'd have like one healer that was struggling so hard with MP mm-hmm. and then you'd have other healers and they were like, I've got MP forever. And then they'd just be like laughing in the distance. Yep. So I understand why they did it. But at the same time, I feel like part of even the things we were talking about with balance, right? Range of utilities, range of support, range of buffs and possible available utility in this game. Some of it, some of the seeds of what would be happening now with our balance as we discussed a few weeks ago, I mm. think started with some of this. Absolutely. Not like it's not massively mm-hmm. responsible, but when you start making like you take away resources and then you start capping resources and then making it so that everybody with very little effort can maintain mana, although they would still continue mm-hmm. to refine this and try to tweak this and make it easier and easier and easier, even into Endwalker. I think some of that has removed again more options for there to be usefulness for other people to help. It all know. started when they took away protect and shell. Oh my god. <laughs> On the flip side of things, uh, the way that healers in like Savage Raids at least had to balance their mana was difficult before. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was a quote unquote good change, but mm-hmm. maybe not the change that was needed. Yeah, we lost a lot of was, the role actions better. in Shadowbringers. Yeah. yeah, it was better, but not good. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really interesting because, yeah, like you said, it, it kind of set the tone that we kept running along. Right. They 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 paved this road and then in Walker, they went, OK, well, we're going to have to build on that. And that, I think, is where we start getting into the issue. Right. Because we had direct hit in Stormblood and people were like, OK, that's pretty good. It's better than accuracy. And then we just throw more random on top of it. We throw two minute 
buffs at the beginning of Endwalker because still during Shadowbringers, everybody was on their own timer a little bit. You'd line up every once in a while, but it wouldn't be as important as it is now. So it really was, I think, why balance was so much easier to understand back then at the very least. Even mm-hmm. if it wasn't closer, which it was that too, it was easier to understand. Like you understood why your damage was what it was. And now without an imaginary abacus that doesn't exist, it's so much harder to even why didn't I do as much damage as I feel that I should have done? Yeah. Well, when you go back and you look at it and you figure out, oh, you didn't crit in your opener. Ah, that's it. That's the only difference you needed. You could press those same buttons in the same exact way, mm-hmm. but you didn't crit. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's where you start to get into that. Yeah. Yep. And it's like um what Ren was saying when they were here with us uh, before. Mm-hmm. When when your rotation is more loose, you can sort of wiggle it around a little bit mm-hmm. more. When everybody's on the same stringent pattern, there's no room to wiggle. And you will get mad at the people who do not conform. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a point of friction that didn't need to be expanded, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that's 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 one of the things that I I, you know, I'm not even gonna. I'm, that's gonna be a whole other tangent. I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> right. I'm just gonna stop. Um, but yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> also, with Shadowbringers, we got not one, but two new races. Yeah, and I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, and I'm just gonna say it. This was the worst part of the expansion. Um, coming into this. It was best to worst. It was so fast because I yeah. was so excited when they announced it. <laughs> I was so out of my mind. I wa- I love Viera so much. And then it was like straight down to the bottom. There was, yeah, I mean, I, I remember there being, and the, it, it wasn't even just necessarily the announcements themselves. It was also how Yoshida positioned himself when that fan fest was a freaking roller coaster about some yeah. of the stuff. Cause so, so they're like, hey, Viera. And everyone's like, yes this is what we've wanted and then they also go but you only showed female we're getting male right yep. and, and Yoshida's like I guess we'll just have to see mm. and I'm like don't I don't that. like that answer and then they're like Hrothgar we're going back to single gender races they're like why the f-? like you, you 2.0 you fixed this we had this issue in 1.0 2.0 you're like let's stop that stupid bullshit idea and then you repeat it Yoshida, <laughs> no, and then they can't yeah. wear hats. Like it's only been ten years. Why are you fucking uh, yourself so hard? It's, seriously, like the the way that they announced these races, the way they handled that, the way they responded to media questions about it, giving people a little bit of hope that oh yeah, we're gonna get like male and it's gonna be great and it's what no, like finally we did an Endwalker because of the demand, but they still can't wear hats. Mm-hmm. Like this is the this is the worst most half-assed thing Square Enix has done not just in the in, in this expansion in the entirety of Final Fantasy fourteen, and yeah. we're still dealing with yeah. it today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. bad, and I think we've talked about it. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want, if you want to hear more information about this, go listen to literally any episode ever. Yeah, it's not good. Everybody uh. knows it's not good. No, it's oh, bad. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. Oh. There's a siren going by and it's taking so long. <laughs> it would pass. And then I could speak. Just do it. Let it let it add. Yeah, yeah. Let it add. Let it fuel the rage. This is the Viera Rage Siren. No, mm-hmm. I 
I do want to say all of this for all that we have critiqued. And again, yes, please refer to any of the past Mm -hmm. episodes ever since this happened, because we have probably talked about it at least once on each and every one of those casts. So I won't dive directly into that. But one thing I will say is that for all that there were massive issues with Vera and Hrothgar, I do think that um, one of the things that I have loved from it is not only that I do genuinely love those races, but that the like facial textures, the facial structures, the, um, you know, even cosmetic options, the hairstyles that they do have for them that are unique, all of those I genuinely think are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, and so much better even than the base races that we have in the game, you know? Yeah, very I mean, true as an Ellison player, yep. Yes, like I, I genuinely love that. And it does give me great hope for them finishing out these races and for a possible future in which we see more character creator updates overall to the system. Because this is a team that really can do beautiful things. And while there was a huge misstep with the realization of these races mm. and something that I think while many people absolutely love them and I do love them, right? It has caused problems for players. It has made it so that players became disheartened about these races or felt really weird or, you know, new players had weird stumbling blocks where they were like, what do you mean? Why can't I put any hats on? I just Fantasia mm-hmm. to this other race, right? Yeah. Like those things weren't great, but the actual races themselves are beautiful and I really like a lot of their textures and their faces and it makes me so hopeful for what we can see even based off of the unique NPC models that we've gotten um, for possible future expansions and updates to the character creator because I think the team has learned a lot and they've really finessed and with additional stuff like lighting and you know them taking a look at third party tools and or certain mods that might also have different cosmetics and what other games are doing right now that they can offer cosmetically I hope that they keep building yeah. on it and we mm. see them expand some more of that to other races even and continue to expand these races. Yep. So yeah, that was that. We're going to just leave it there. Everybody everybody yeah. knows. Everybody knows what our thoughts mm-hmm. on that. Um, They're putting away our claws. Right. So let's <laughs> let's move on. We, we talked a little bit about just kind of our initial impressions of the first already. Um, That's so cool. It's cool. It's all purpley. And then there was that one guy. And we're like, hey, you look like the one guy. And then he died. And we're like, oh. The characters did some cool stuff. That's bad. And then there was yeah. like this dude in the hood. And he's like, hi. Ariane tricked fairies. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's good. <laughs> the regions are so cool. I love yeah. how they interpret familiar but unfamiliar landscapes. I mean, yeah. uh, Ilmeg is so cool. The fairy, the Celtic sort of Gaelic mythology that's there. Um, you know, when we look at pixies that we have uh, on the source, I really like how they decided to kind of innovate that, change that, do mm-hmm. something different. Um, the dwarves. I love the dwarves on the first. I think the first is such a rich setting. Aldino, you know, I yeah. know why you fell in love with it, right? But to have this concept of what actually delineates a beast tribe as right. the outdated term was still and a and the spoken races and when it comes down to it i think this was a first big step in kind of re-envisioning that and right. the fact that they even put in the little like lalafell specific houses you can houses only go are- in and like i thought that was all so charming i loved yeah. it yeah. um i think the only zone that kind of i just wish they we had more with it is like Amarang. Mm, I knew I, it was coming. I, yeah. 
that zone didn't really do it for me. I like a lot of the visuals. I like that no. flood of light area. Yeah. But mm -hmm. How did I, we? I how did why we, we not have a dungeon in like the the big like ruin in Amarang? They're like, let's yeah. go down this literal hole mm. for a dungeon, but we're not like doing anything with like the wall of light or like the, the yeah. thing where Minfilia was. Like that seems like a yeah. huge missed opportunity. Yeah. Like I get why we didn't go into the wall of light, but it would have been so cool to just yeah, have a small been great to see. area where you could just. Walk around they they there. they did Minfilia dirty in that in that expansion. I mean that's fine, but you know. No, I, <laughs> no, you know it's it's she was an important part of it, and she did have some moments. But then like mm -hmm. you have that that part in five point three when they're getting ready to go back to to the source. They're like, yeah, we're gonna go like lay some flowers down for Minfilia and stuff, and that was it. That's you don't even like see it or anything like. That could have yeah. been a really good moment, and they just. I hope it comes back. I hope it comes I... back around. Like. Okay. I yeah. I'll live without it, but yeah, that would be it would have been nice to see to have seen. Yeah. And I like I said, I hope they come back around to it when we see Reen again, because it's not like she's yeah. just going on a shelf for forever. Yeah, they'll be they, back. They left a point. catboy in a tower. He did not go on a shelf for forever. Reen yeah. is gonna come back, so I I just kind of hope that they throw back to that and they didn't fill it in so that they had a little wiggle room. Yeah, mm -hmm. I be. mean the. The history of Menphilia's on the first is so just impactful. And how many were there? Sad. How many died, right? Before before Yomor gave up, how many died, right? Yeah. We don't actually know the number because they died young and it had been about 100 years. So, like, that is some bleak, interesting world building that they could use to to show Minfilia. I think they could do a really cool side generation. quest yeah. series with that yeah, and explore absolutely. that. I think that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. I agree. The Sin Eaters, too. We haven't even yeah. talked about Sin Eaters and Sin Eater aesthetic with mm -hmm. the first. <gasps> oh, no. I mean... Tesslene? So sorry. No, no. Well, I'll, yeah, Tesslene. But the thing, the thing that I should have thought of, the thing that stuck with me the most from Shadowbringers, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, go. When, when you beat the first Sin Eater and you go outside and you see all these people who've never yep. seen the night mm. sky, yes. seeing it for the first time ever, that was just so chilling in just mm. an amazing way. Yeah. <sighs> the skybox stuff that they did in yes. Shadowbringers yeah. was a massive step forward for their technology and immersion. We saw it come back in Endwalker. Mm -hmm. And it really really does it you're right Zed, yeah. i'm so glad you brought that up it hits you and i mean we also saw a whole new wave of inspiration with things like the sin eater aesthetic from you know everybody mm. doing their sin eater au like yep. you know on everything and um i think that also recontextualized the void sense and everything that we kind of see with their distinctive styling yeah. later on down the road now as we get even more into it post endwalker um i really loved seeing that and that still just stands out to me on the first that formula with like uncovering the light wardens and mm -hmm. the consumption of their power and that point when you reach your breaking point and the stuff that they did with the special effects for like Tesline's transformation mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff um that all is such a huge part of the first to me and i feel like the way that they explored just like you pointed out al do you know that bleak setting mm -hmm. a world in which the end has already come um, mm -hmm. And then we get with Endwalker, right? A world that's about to end and you almost know more about the stakes and everything else. Right. Um, and then we get with everything that looks like moving on, a world that is so far gone, there is no saving it. Mm -hmm. And I love this progression and this examination and this subversion of 
what we expect from a hero trope, right? Um, there are places where maybe we were too late or places where we were just in the nick of time. Mm. Or And I think that that is such a cool thing to explore. And it's it feels so tied to the first for it, me as well. Yeah, it makes me think, you know, because we've done the first, like we've gone through the expansion. And then you look at Endwalker and you look at how the source dealt with despair. And it makes me think, and I would love to know, you know, what what the dev team's thoughts are on that. If despair came to the first, would it matter? Like those people have gone through so much. Would it be a whole different type of scenario? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially now after the night is back. Mm -hmm. To me, the people of the first are the most resilient that we've ever seen. Period. Yeah. There's no one who embodies the spirit of the ancients more than the first i think and that's that's one of the reasons why i love it. like yes you're making me cry right now right it, it's just <laughs> they had nothing and they were lost and they were going to just be merged in right but they kept going and it's crazy to think that and you know you look at eorzea and you go uh yeah some of those places would be fine but some of those places that's the first time they've encountered something like this you know mm -hmm. and the first is just hardened to well, all that and and even with 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 that the, they are hardened but we yeah. basically gave them hope again too yes so now exactly. that they they got you know it's like they got that little taste they're not letting go of that anytime soon Ever so yep. yeah i think yeah. and o ozuma brings up a good point in chat which is that definitely the crystarium feels that i mean of mm -hmm. course there are different yeah. areas where i think sure, they sure. have processed it but i agree with you in that it, they are not even i think the people of yulemore yeah with the exception of perhaps those who are gathered outside the city mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even the people of Woolmore, right? They have almost shirked uh, despair in favor yeah. of gluttony and these other, you know, these other right. things. Fuck so, okay, we gonna die anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They were hedonists, you know. Yeah. And for it's the also pursuit of pleasure. Yeah. It's also partially why I get so mad anytime Grahatia is like, "I'm like nothing," but yeah, I'm exactly. Like, I'm like, you just, I don't know, brought a whole world back from the brink yeah. and traveled through time and tried to save our world and save us and everybody else. Like, you know, you shut yeah. your beautiful little mouth he took so much on uh like yeah. he he does all this stuff for the place where he's from and he almost accidentally ends up in this other place it's like well i guess i can help them too and she's like little boy you're so good you're so good yeah bringing the hope to them because yeah it was the hope from the people who were left on the source that transported to the first and kickstarted them because yeah. of the crystal tower you know so yeah. It's like, well, I got this big tower here, not really using all of it. It's kind of decorative. You can have pieces of it to, like, build a city for yourself. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Little boy. Um, yeah, one, it's one, amazing. One of the things, too, I wanted to mention, um, you know, we talked about the the tech behind, you know, the skybox and changing mm -hmm. it from nighttime to to nighttime and then daytime and stuff. Um, that was also a real big aid to them with their cinematics team doing cutscenes because right, like, right now in the game, you can go do a cutscene or whatever, and it'll just play like whatever day time of day it is. So like, oh mm -hmm. wow, this cutscene maybe doesn't look that great at you know eleven p.m. when it's dark outside. <laughs> yeah. But with but with Shadowbringers, because the way that it was written, um, all of the major MSQ stuff, they knew what that skybox would be, they knew yeah. what the lighting would be, and they could plan accordingly. And I think that also kind of helped, yeah, with with their their storytelling and that. Um, Segwaying off of that, mm -hmm. like how I brought that in. Whoosh, um, hey, you uh. You like yeah. something in this, like, a lot, right? There's, What's that thing? There's, there's some good stuff in here. Um, uh -huh. The Amarat reveal. <laughs> mm -hmm. I 
love Square Enix. I love the team that's working on this game. I don't think they're ever going to top this for me. Like this mm. is this is like my number one favorite thing in fourteen is when you you do the little little mazy bits through the the things and then you come out and it's just like hey here's a whole ass city and it's where yep. the ancients used to live and you're like what <laughs> blew yeah. my mind also I think, go ahead. it's a it's a freaking memory that someone who was sad that all of their friends and family were gone created the whole just out of his, just out of his butt Mm. It's just, it's wild. Like, the idea that you're like, oh, maybe we'll get a little look at, like, Emmett Selk and, you know, what's going on there. And it's just, like, this entire underwater city. And then you go through it and you get a little, you know, taste of, like, what their civilization was. Mm -hmm. And then you go through. Let me tell you about my best friend. And then you do the dungeon and it's the final days of Amarat. And it's just, like kicking you in the butt the whole time while slapping you in the face and making you feel feelings and then you fight Hades and then when it's all said and done you're on this top of the you're like on the roof of this tall building and you look around and it's all ruins yep and it's just like oh yep (laughs) it literally destroyed the ending of Stormblood just completely. Oh it, my it, god! <laughs> and you know, in Walker, depending on how you feel about everything up to it, builds on top of that. Now, some it depends on you know who you are, but like that first moment in Shadowbringers where they nailed the landing, I was like, I don't. It doesn't even matter from now on, honestly, if they nail it next time because this is the one that I will remember. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's this, and you know, and we, we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. I think for me, Endwalker was, was okay. Like, it had some mm-hmm. okay moments. It had some things I didn't agree with, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think for me, just as a whole, Shadowbringers is the golden expansion. Like, the golden era of 14. Like, mm. a lot of stuff felt balanced really well. The story was phenomenal. They had new systems in place that was amazing for accessibility with trusts. It just They nailed everything in this expansion, with the exception of races. Like, it was just... It, so much was, like, not good, great with, with Shadowbringers. And it's just... Uh, I Obviously, it's, like, the same team that's still working on this game, but I... I'd love for them to top this. I don't know if they can, because it really was, uh, you know, we, we give Stormblood a lot of flack, but at the time we were like, okay, yeah, this is, this is yeah. fine. But then Shadowbringers rose that bar so damn high <laughs> that it's, I'll be really curious to see if they can ever recreate, you know, half of, of the vibes yeah. that Shadowbringers Ooh. gave us. It's interesting to me because Okay, I loved Endwalker. Mm-hmm. I have—I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I have plenty of discussion and critiques and points and all sorts of things about Endwalker. You all have heard, I'm sure. But <laughs> Endwalker, I do think emotionally hit me even harder than mm-hmm. Shadowbringers did. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but Shadowbringers, I think, is an impeccably constructed story in many ways. Um, and the thing is, is that I don't know. I, I'm not really looking for them to top it. I think, Aldino, I'm kind of with you in that... I think you can really only have a massive world-altering plot twist like 
once. That's fair. In, mm -hmm. such, in such a way that the novelty, the surprise, the expectation, everything, right? Like, even if they have amazing twists for us down the road, which I'm sure they will, yeah. nothing will beat that first time that you feel the whole world flip on its head. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely this zone. I did not see it coming. Um, mm -hmm. I figured we'd get more about whatever backstory or things like that. But I even remember when I got to that last zone, I was kind of underwhelmed. Yeah. Like, yeah. the music is there and it's sort of sparse. And I'm like, oh, cool. I guess we're in the ocean. And, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of see these mysterious sort of ruins and things. But, you know, I was going, this is kind of weird when you look at some of the other final zones that we've had. I guess maybe not. I, I Again, we talked a little bit about the locks and stuff. And like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. it was okay. But, I mean, I was like, I don't know if I really think that this is like the final zone feeling that I normally mm -hmm. get. But yeah. I was like, it's fine. Cool. Yeah, I guess we'll go down in the ocean. And I like a lot of these plants and things. But when you hit that point, I mean, yeah, I will never forget that mm -hmm. until the day that I die. I yeah. will never forget that moment in a, in that game, like where you come through and the music comes together Ugh. and that clock that you've heard in the background mm -hmm. and the realization that like, you are in the ghosts of a civilization you never conceived of. Like, it's it's so interesting to me because, um, so like Doctor Who, for those of you who are familiar, uh, I personally was not a huge fan of Moffat seasons. Some people loved them, some people hated them. I leaned more towards not really liking, although I liked a lot of his characters. But he did this one thing with a character, um, Rory, where he like, be he it's, it's very convoluted, so I'm gonna try and explain it the best I can. <laughs> For the woman that he loves, he, like, is back in time and he becomes, like, a robot. And then he, for, like, for millennia upon millennia, like, does this, like, you know, continues on and, like, lives on and does all this stuff to, like, make sure that one day he can save her and all this stuff, right? Um, and it felt very reminiscent to that, of that mm -hmm. to me. And the community around Doctor Who largely praised him as a character because of this. Like, can you believe, like, he weathered millennia upon a millennia trying to fight for this woman that he loves and, like, you know, suffering all these horrible things and, like, putting himself back together and then... And I had this moment with Emmett Selk where I'd already come to really love him. Mm -hmm. But it's incredible, incredible to me, that fine line between the hero and the villain. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not always pulled off super well and super convincingly. But um, for me with him, there are a lot of truly unforgivable things that he did. Mm -hmm. But when you think about the fact that for his people, he was the hero that continued on to fight for them, that it took a sense of unshakable resolve that eventually became, I think, the only thing he had left. That for all of his flippant behavior and all these other things, you walk amidst a recreation. And he's claiming that he did it to, like, set the stage for his big dramatic mm -hmm. thing and all this stuff, right? But in reality, I mean, it's like he's trapped in his own memories. He's trapped in the thing. He's holding on however he can to his grief, what he's lost, to try and bring it back no matter what. And, like, oh, my God, that whole area yep. is yeah. just so absolutely incredible it's immersive emotional storytelling when we start mm -hmm. learning our own connections to it it's just even more brilliant when you think about the sheer power at his disposal it's so impressive when you meet these characters that eventually when we look now at endwalker and you know hithlidaeus and everything else and you realize that you yourself in a sense were once a part of this world it is just 
It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it's they do, unbelievable. They do such a thorough job of making it very apparent how he feels about what he's been doing all of this time, what his reasons are. I, I like to think that anyway. Um, mm -hmm. It's and and it, they he, they make you not hate him for it. They make you not hate him for wanting to get rid of you. And it's, that's that's hard. It's wild, right? yeah. I mean, I, and I had like that. He's, it's it's and you, they they make you understand his view. He's 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 living in his house, and we are all ants. And he doesn't want ants in his house. He wants a clean house. Get rid of us, and you understand it. Yeah, you can I, appreciate it in kind of a twisted way. And yeah. uh, I also wanted to say about Emerald, like you guys are saying, oh, it's this this time when it was flip flopped, and the reveal itself did not do that for me. Partially because. Um, I opened up a link shell and saw somebody in the dungeon Amorot. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's a place I'm going. Mm. I am spoiled. Mm. Hell. So yeah. that didn't quite that didn't quite have it right at the reveal for me, but just through Emmett Selk, I definitely still got that feeling. Mm. So I I would say it's not even the city itself and the reveal so much as like what the city means. Why right. it's there. That's good. Yeah. I mean I, I remember playing through Shadowbringers and and it was like really late at night. I just got into the Tempest, and I'm looking around. I'm like, all right, like underwater, like music's okay. Like it's no as is law, but like whatever. And logging in the next day and go through. I'm like, ah, oh, Sahagin. Like all right, like what you know, you got to have something to do down here. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, we're gonna. There's like this, some weird blurry lights. I'm like, all right. They're like, let's find out what these are. And you go through, and there's just you go off the, the little ridge. Mm. And and people, a lot of people described it as as uh, Shadowbringers went full Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> but it's I just, disagree. But that's uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's a modern city. That's that's yeah, going yeah. full Kingdom Hearts apparently. Yeah. Um, Night really mm -hmm. nerdy for a second. Okay. Just just but, now. You're okay, but be only only if you just, do it in the sorry. correct nerd voice. No, I can't. Woman do it who has like, two Emmett gonna... Selk plushies is just now well, getting nerdy. Gonna... Let okay, me let gonna... me break it down for you guys, okay? Okay, okay, okay. So I've mentioned this before, and it's one of my favorite things ever, and I honestly think it's one of the reasons that I love Emmett Selk so much. So Shakespeare, the Tempest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. In Shakespeare, the Tempest, we have a man who has lost everything, who is a sorcerer, right? And he gets exiled to this island. And on the island, he weaves these spells, these magics, these festivities. And one of the only people, he's also kind of racist. It's, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Like, this, the Tempest has some problems. But um, all of that aside, I mean, I think actually it kind of encapsulates even things with Emmett Selk, yeah, right? It does, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of which is kind of staggering. Like he is not a good man. Um, he like menaces and attacks this like native guy on the island, um, and he hates him and he's really terrible to him, um, Caliban. And at the same time, though, he makes these pacts with spirits, and um, his daughter that was exiled to the island with him. Um, he obviously cares very deeply for, and although he has like, you know, been sent to this island in disgrace and he's like concocting his evil revenge, right? He, um, eventually like some sailors get shipwrecked on the island. His daughter falls in love with one of them. And he realizes ultimately that his daughter's happiness and future is more important to him than his own machinations for revenge. And he is old and he's like reaching the end of his life and um, he is looking back. And one of my absolute favorite pieces 
from this play um, is the final soliloquy, which he does typically um, with everyone else gone, alone, directly addressing the audience because he is acknowledging them and the role that they've played in it. And if I can get really nerdy, I really want to read it. It's not just, long. just now. Now you're getting nerdy <laughs> after after already well, asking to be nerdy. You're getting nerdy. Er, well, how many? This is, how actually, many this is like Inception. It's like nerdy and nerdy <laughs> and nerdy. Like how? <laughs> this this means so much to me because they actually in a short story with Emmett Selk yep. have him quote this, and I performed this role in a gender bent version. And to this day, it is still a soliloquy that like makes me tear up because mm -hmm. the idea was that it was also possibly Shakespeare himself, because this was the last play that he wrote, acknowledging that he himself would soon be leaving the stage and that he would die. And those final moments with him where you have the whole like Ardbert thing and everything that leads up into it. And then he has this moment where, you know, you're standing in the ruins of the city and he has finally made peace and been set free. I feel like is almost beat by beat an actual evocation of this soliloquy so if you all don't mind can i read it really fast Would go you for it full nerd let's go so he says now my charms are all overthrown and what strength i have's mine own which is most faint now tis true i must be here confined by you or sent to naples he's been confronted essentially with like he's saying like I either, like, the play goes on or the lights go down and you all leave is essentially mm -hmm. kind of the idea here, the translation. Um, and theoretically, he's he's sort of saying, you know, if you don't leave, I will be stuck here forever. Like, if you don't say farewell and if we don't end this, I will be stuck here forever. Otherwise, if you do leave, theoretically, my story finds peace and resolution, right? Okay, so he says, I must be here confined by you or sent to Naples. Let me not since I have my dukedom got and pardoned the deceiver, dwell in this bare island by your spell, but release me from my bands with the help of your good hands. Gentle breath of yours my sails must fill, or else my project fails, which was to please. Now I want spirits to enforce, art to enchant, and my ending is despair, unless I be relieved by prayer which pierces so that it assaults mercy itself and frees all faults. As you from crimes would pardoned be, let your indulgence set me free. And I like, I mean, but when you think like, honestly, it's so beautiful. I, mm. sorry, everybody. Like, I honestly get so emotion, yeah. emotional about it because it is that moment with him, and the, they quote these words with him later as well, that Prospero in his final moments before his life ends acknowledges that he himself was flawed and that he himself um, did so many things so wrong in his life. He begs your mercy. He begs that you let it end. And that through that, he might find some kind of reconciliation, be freed from the things that have imprisoned him and that have made it so that he couldn't let go of his life. Mm -hmm. He couldn't let go of vengeance. And that through that, he finds his own peace and resolution. And I like, I think the way that 14 sometimes does things that have been memorialized as some of the most phenomenal literature in the, mm -hmm. the world and playwriting the world has ever seen, right? There's a reason Shakespeare is so powerful. But the way that 14 draws on other sources and then layers them in and creates this narrative that is timeless is phenomenal. To hear those words echoed through 
this expansion through Emmett Selk as a character. There's so much you can dive into. Um, it made that moment and that, I don't know, the whole parallel, the Tempest itself is a reference mm -hmm. to these plays yeah. and to this play itself. Um, and I just think that there is something to me that hit me so extra hard at the ending because of the very purposeful way that they built this moment. I mean, you could delve into it so deeply. I mean, in speaking of spirits, that he made his cloak out of the other Asians that were keeping him there. Mm -hmm. Was he begging them for their indulgence? Like, it's just, and, and even, you can go insane. Yeah, I mean, and, and on the other side you of that, too. The, the Hades uh -huh. fight, they're literally in his cloak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, mean, there's there's so many. We have all the all the Shakespeare ties, too, but then there's also all the, the ties and references to, like, Utopia. Yeah, right? Utopia is that well. idea of, like, I, I think that like right in in if I was like writing this thing, I would think that a lot of the names of these areas and stuff would have come from Emmett Selk's mind, right? The idea mm. of this was my world; it was perfect, right? Mm. And I I just they they draw a lot of good literary things just from all over for this, and it was it just worked so well. I mean, again, right? We see Solace at the end of Stormblood, like this guy, whatever, like this is lame, <laughs> but then like as Shadowbringers progresses, you're like, all right, he's kind of interesting. And then at the end, I just want to wrap an arm around him and go, oh, buddy. <laughs> like, it's to be able to pull that off successfully is incredible. I wish they could have done that with Xenos and Endwalker for me. Because um, Shadowbringers just, they they took a character I was like, eh. And it just, like, he's one of the best characters in the game now. Um mm -hmm. But yeah, but that's 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 base uh, base 5.0. Um, we also had uh, with the expansion, we had Ishgardian Restoration. They they revamped Diadem again, yeah. again <laughs> for the third time, um, and it worked this time. I thought yeah. it was really great. I mean, eventually too, uh, we got ocean fishing. They they really mm. did some cool stuff. I think to ease the leveling of of gatherers. Um, with with five they gave them like mm -hmm. crazy relic weapons to work towards, like where they're like glowing and like fancy effects and stuff. That was really cool. Um, Talking about um, diadem, really quick. Even amongst the uh, like firmament leveling, like all mm -hmm. of the rankings, people against yeah. each other. Diadem was such a like wholesome place where people would just hang out and talk to each other and <laughs> it was, spend it was, days together yeah. gathering crap. It was really cool content. I mean, you know, the first big thing, like, you know, we had 1.0. We had content for gatherers and crafters in 1.0. Rip Hamlet. Um, mm -hmm. And then 2.0 came out, and they're like, we have crafters and gatherers, and they can do leaves. And then Heaven's, okay. and then Heaven's Word was like, scripts? And it's like, oh, okay, so a little bit more. And then in Shadowbringers, it's like, here's like this really cool stuff just for you guys. We're giving you relic weapons to work towards. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. I, lo I loved the way they implemented it. Um, I liked that Diadem felt like maybe it was finally something stable. <laughs> Chat's giving me shit for calling Diadem wholesome. I just mean there was camaraderie there. Yes, there was shit posting and a lot of sure. just absolutely horny people. But I mean, it was it was it was no talking to each other. I mean, having a good you, time together. They were playing Final Fantasy fourteen. That's yeah. just par for the course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the other oh, yeah. the other end of that, we also had uh, the area for puns, 
we had Eureka. Mm-hmm. That was that was an interesting thing because they pitched it at FanFest. They're like, if people liked the way that Eleven was in certain regards, then maybe you'll like this. And so a lot of people that did play Eleven are like, okay. And then some mm-hmm. people are like, this is going to end terribly because that game and its mechanics have not aged as well as you think they have. Um, and it wasn't the greatest thing, but what it did offer was a area... Wait. What? Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. It, it what it did offer was an area where you could get some different actions and play around a little bit, a little bit of a playground, but it was also not easy. It was it upped the challenge a little bit, you know, you had to walk a lot <laughs> and sneak around things, right? Um so I think it, it it pulled in some good aspects of 11, maybe some not so great aspects of 11, but I for me for a long time in in Storm uh Shadowbringers uh, especially, oh no 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 no! Derp, we derp this. It's Boja. It's Boja. That's that's why I was like, yeah. wait. No, yeah. I'm derping because the outline says Boja Eureka 2.0. I'm derping so hard right now. <laughs> oh my I god! I was like, maybe oh, maybe I just misheard god. him and he means Boja. No, I'm fine. just I'm just an, it's that COVID brain coming back to get me. <laughs> no, um, but it's a good foundation for talking about Boja yeah. because it's the better Eureka. Yeah. It is the the better mm. the better Eureka, and I mean, it, yeah. it, and it's the same. It, it's going to end up being a very similar conversation of what I was already having towards the end of this expansion right in the patch cycle that's almost all I was doing I would log in and I would mm-hmm. just do that content um and you know <laughs> what after is actual Eureka and like getting like three relics done be like oh my god this is terrible why would I ever do I ended up getting like five or six out of Boja like what the hell is wrong with me <laughs> what is funny to me though is that while Boja and I remember I was actually a part of the team at this point because I remember mm-hmm. us talking yeah. about Boja uh, live in one of our reviews with the content. And for all that, I absolutely agree there were a lot of incredibly clear-cut improvements in the formula from Eureka. Many things that they addressed, many things that they went through and fixed. It has been very fascinating to me to see, though, that it does mm. not have nearly as much longevity as Eureka has. Mm. I still actively and avidly see groups that are running Eureka, in Eureka, putting together things for stuff uh, like the Baldessian Arsenal. And Boja, in comparison, I feel like I even played it less. I, I didn't, I don't know. I, I did not quite hook into it as much, although I really love a lot of the changes. I love a lot of the things, the mm-hmm. solo duels, the fates, the so many there other things. There were, there were parts about it that were more involved, like the solo duels, but overall I would say it was less... Uh, all-encompassing and requiring as much of your time. Like, there were only two zones instead of four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. were pretty small, and they were pretty yeah. empty. They weren't that hard to navigate, which was good in some cases and bad in yeah. others. Mm-hmm. And the actual content from it, while very cool, and I still love the content that they made for that because they did so many innovative things. I think there are so many ideas in there that they could even integrate into open world zones or into mm-hmm. future content we- or into get things like a Delibrum instead the like mm-hmm. big long dungeon in between and yeah. honestly i prefer that i think that was a, a cooler well, way to go I think, more fun mm-hmm. I, I mean and and the way that it worked right with with eureka we had four zones and then we had the arsenal and yeah. the way it was like Slug. it's like you go into it and there's like the little pop-up this is the hardest content you will ever do and we just want to make sure you're okay with that okay like but then with, <laughs> with with Boja, they're like, all right, we're going to take that idea, but then, like, 
make it accessible to like normal players, <laughs> which mm -hmm. yes. And then we did get Delabrum Savage, which is which is cool. But I think I I love that idea of having something a little more accessible to like the average player. Right. Um, and it, it, you know I think to some extent, right, with Boja, like you get what you put into it, right? Because there is a lot of stuff you can get from it. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, there's like a hairstyle and a mount from doing the... Uh, oh my gosh, the hairstyle. What's the... Yeah. What's the... What's the... Field the, notes? The second, the second encounter, the second like dungeon thing. The the Dalriata. Dalriata. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? Dalriata, okay. So like there's... You, you can get a hairstyle from that, I think. You can... Is, or no, wait. Was the hairstyle... It's from Delabrum. Yeah, well, there's I'm trying to think because there's there's the hairstyle of the one dude. There's the the gold robot mount. I think that's cat. Is that cast drum or don't? They're blurring together for me. But yeah, I'm like, there's a lot of stuff like and the drop rates are garbage. So like one. you could you could sell you could sell it. So oh, yeah, oh are we talking drop. about the like robot robot or like the flying jet robot? The, fly, that the, the flying the flying jet robot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because there's also like the robot robot that was yeah. I mean, you boy. could you could easily mm -hmm. grind the stuff, and then you had the field notes too, right? And you get yep. finish those, and you get the air bike from twelve, which is really mm -hmm. cool. That thing took me forever, but I finally got it. I was like, yeah, yeah, that uh, one was hard. Yeah, mm. that was I loved the, the field notes though. <laughs> mm -hmm. I yeah. loved adding that kind of lore in, and there was so much in there that was so good. It was so their, good. It was their test for like the unending codex, I think. Yes. Like, yes. It yes, really yes. people really loved it. I mean, I I don't do this sort of alt content. I am a hundred percent a raid logger. If you don't know what that is, I log into raid and then I log out. Um, that's kind of the way that I interact with MMOs usually after the story is over. But Boja got me to go in and get the field note to an extent. I think I have like mm. two and the drop rate was just so low that I was like, whatever, I don't yeah. care anymore. But the field notes were super compelling and will never get an ending. That we might maybe, maybe. that I was we do. That was such game's a not down yet. Yeah. No, it's it's not. And I think that's you know like if if the races were were like the worst part of, of Shadowbringers, I think the ending of this Evil East content was probably the second worst thing because you get these field notes. No, it wasn't. Yeah, no, no fusion incorrect because you are forgetting that the near raids. Are yeah. In this oh expansion. shit! I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Races <laughs> near raid and then the ending for Evil East. Oh, stuff. near raid story. Near raid story. Near raid story. 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 Okay. And we'll 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 get into that in a minute. But yeah, it's just yeah, like you will. get some field notes, and it's like yeah, some story, some stuff, some stuff happened, and like mm -hmm. they this guy's dead, and, and you're just like, what? Like as like you go through this stuff for the story, and you get these really cool cutscenes, and you get to see all the stuff, and then it's just like in a random note, and blah 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 blah, and it's like what? And then Matsuno's like, yeah, so we're done, and it's like. The fuck you are like no. no what you do you mean? Here. What do you mean you're oh, done? I know. And the story was so good. Like yeah. I genuinely loved, but it was so sparse and it was so like ninety percent of your cutscenes were just you crouching to put the dumb mm -hmm. thing in the ground, <laughs> and then you get this actually incredibly lore rich, and fascinating we had, we had region. Fran was in it. That was cool. It was so good, and like the Garlean experimentation and all the other mm -hmm. stuff in this area, and everything—the the history, the relics—the yeah. it was so good, so good. Um, and yet, that 
freaking NPC with the sunglasses? Like, why? Why does she have sunglasses? Yeah. Why? I, I kind of ended up liking her weird. I like her, but I why the sunglasses? Yo, it she did very... that summer event, and she really liked the reward. Yeah. I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. It just felt like they really wanted to do something with, like, I don't know, evoking a bit of a... Her. Yeah, random, random button, or, like, evoking modern japanese like pop culture for tea sure. kind of thing i've got like that kind of sense from it i don't really know like 100 percent um i mean i am bitter still that we didn't actually get to see a femme hrothgar be the queen which she should have been mm -hmm. and that they made yeah. the hot femru once again the villain but <laughs> all of oh and the only other thing is i think actually we probably would still see a lot more longevity of that content i like the cerberus mount but mm -hmm. It's so out of left field for being the reward for this. It makes no I sense mean, in that setting. Like, it makes I remember no when it came sense. out. Well, At least that's with... one of the things you fight in the field, though. Yeah, but. I guess, but like. At least with Ikira. BA, it's Ozma. And you're like, yeah, we fought Ozma. Yeah, and it's like the Ozma mount is transformative and has this unique special effect and has all this thing, and it's a part of the actual raid. I don't know why they didn't do the Queen's Chair as the mm -hmm. mount for that because to me that feels like you could have had some yeah. cool special action stuff on it like it's very strange to me that that's that a missed opportunity it's one of those yeah. things like the the glowy armor this time around it's for some people it's not for some of the people yeah. no and i mean it's 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 i'm still for it i just think they should have put it somewhere else like i want the mount i just it doesn't make sense with boja i don't think to me at least Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a little strange. And I also don't think people, and totally correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't get a general sense of the same level of excitement for the evolutions of the relic weapons in Shadowbringers. Oh, we got has... Cerberus because mm -hmm. Tartarus. I mean, I, yeah. I get that, but we don't. And we had the Diablo armament, but it's like, yeah, that was, that was a we part didn't, We didn't this. really full on Tartarus here, though. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, um, I think... Yeah. To an extent, like it's, it was similar enough to Eureka that I think maybe people that remembered Eureka for the all the bad reasons, right? All the 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 stealthing and it just took forever. I think a lot of that when they said, "Hey, here's Boja and here's kind of what we're doing," I think a lot of people were like, "You know what? I'm good. Like I wasn't crazy about Eureka. I'm just gonna pass on this." And I, I mean, I I get it. I, you know, I can understand that. Um, but then there's also crazy people that are like, I'm just going to grind relics. And that's literally my gameplay from, you know, 4.4 to, you know, the next expansion come out. That That's all there is left for me to do. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, think, I thought it was good. I love that. And, and we had the, yeah. the quest leading up to it, too, with like the actual Boja Citadel incident. Like that was. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, coming in fourth place. Worst, worst thing about Shadowbringers, <laughs> the golden expansion pack. Uh, <laughs> I forget. I forget that the, the 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 EX fight against Varus or Solus or whoever wow. the hell it was. Oh, yeah. Where you got the, the glamoured AF or the diable AF. That was dumb. I I'm glad they didn't fine. do that again. No, that was the dumb. Fight, the fight was <laughs> fine. Um, in the sense that I think, it, especially if you had a static and things, it was very handily learnable and repeatable. Sure. But I do think that long term, it was not a good move for the Diablo artifact set because, like, right. oh my, I need to get a group to do that now. It's nearly impossible. Yeah. And as we saw with the shift to Endwalker, putting that Diablo version in like a tier thing that's just readily accessible. They, they heard like, us and they're like, all right, that, just have it. And then that, that was... felt, yeah, that felt so much better. So good. However, however, 
takeaways from Boja, because we've talked a bit about some of the other critiques and things, takeaways mm -hmm. from Boja that I thought were really good. I thought there was an incredible imagination and like the way that they went in and offered some additional endgame style content with the normal and then savage mode. The, I mean, even like the music and setting was so fantastic. Those concepts and ideas about the things like the duels, um, some of the NMs were so fun. The way that you would get like, uh, you could queue in and then instance into like the little, you know, fight arena, but people mm -hmm. could still see you doing it. All of those things I thought were such good takeaways. And there was a lot, even with just the special action system and things that they improved so drastically from Eureka. Um, and I think that it just, it brought something new and interesting into the game. I don't want to see them completely abandon this style of content because I do think a wide variety of content is important. And I think they did a lot that was innovative in this, but figuring out how to tie it in to keep refining it and streamlining it, but keep it interesting and make it, I think, just a little bit easier for people to queue into stuff think, for it and stuff. I think the hardest <laughs> part, the hardest thing with this content, and it's great. I would love to see more stuff like this, but the problem is relevancy over time. Because right now, like, yeah, you can go into Eureka, you can do Baldessi Narsal, but you have to, like, that's a lot of planning. You need to do a lot of stuff to get a group to do that. Uh, I mean, you can go into to Boja or Zadnor and try and farm field notes, but I, it, I, I honestly, I don't know how many people are still doing it. Mm -hmm. Because why? There's there's not really an incentive to do it right now. Um, maybe if you really want, like, an old, you know, the older relic, mo like, weapon models or something, but mm -hmm. right now, in Endwalker... There's no reason to go back and do that content, and I I don't know what the solution is. I I, I, I if they can figure this out, like more power to them. But um, that's also not to say that that's not a reason to not do more of this kind of content in the future as well. Because I mean, mm -hmm. that's just the nature of the beast, right? Um, is is you know you have content, new content comes out, you do the new content. Um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good. Some people don't like the grind. Some people don't like necessarily having to you know fiddle with like the extra uh abilities and, and spells that, yeah. and that kind of stuff and i i get that um but yeah it was it's better than eureka it wasn't too bad yeah mm -hmm. story, story story was cool until they just they ended it in a fucking field note um <laughs> <laughs> also with this expansion we had eden the eden raids uh which were there were tiny Tiny little treasures hidden amongst the story. Oh, yeah. It's all a little disappointing. But the, the stuff we did get out of it that was worthwhile was very worthwhile. I think, I think the way that I would pitch it is the way that the storyline of Eden went, I think it should have been more ingrained with the MSQ. Because there were some big like mm -hmm. drops in there. And to have all it kind of on the, the side like that is, 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 is a little bit of a bummer. Uh, but I mean, again, I think part of the, the the problem too that a lot of these kind of side things suffer from in Shadowbringers mm -hmm. is you're on this whole other shard. Yeah. So it's not like oh, you know, I've been playing on this shard for eight years. I have a general idea of everything. We're on a completely new shard. Everything is new. The lore is then the history is completely different. And so it all kind of intertwined, but you have to really do everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so it would have been nice to see that weaved in a little bit more. Um, was, but yeah, there it was, was nice that they did at all because up until yeah. that point, we were always like, hey, it'd be really super cool if the raids had anything to do with the MSQ. Which is this time mm -hmm. they did. Yeah. It was pretty cool. But it was like they had written out the story, thrown the pages in the air, let them fall down and pick them back up without reordering them. And that's the <laughs> yeah. story. 
Yeah. yeah, and I i mean, there are really memorable moments from that mm. raid. And I love Rita Gaia, and I would die for them. I mean, I think their connection and their story was some of the most beautiful takeaway that I had from that. And um, mm. I was a little divided about the fights. I mean, I enjoyed them, but mm. they definitely aren't some of the ones that when I think back on the endgame content that I've really enjoyed, even if it was hard, they're not the ones that I'm like, yeah, I would love mm -hmm. to do that for another 10 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, e like e never again on this one. <laughs> E12 normal is the most boring fight. Because <laughs> they, and, and look, I get it, right? You, you know, and I've said it before. E12 Savage is a big pain in the booty butt. Well, mm -hmm. right, but, but with the normal mode, like, they have to experiment, right? They have to try new things, right, to, to make the game experience more exciting for people. But that narrative bit in the middle of that fight was just like, oh, my God. It was uh, awful. It was it, it just slowed the pace down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there were also some the really idea. cool things. Yeah, I love the idea of the remixed primals, you know, like, that's yeah. cool. Um, using what we learned about it. I love everything to do with learning more about the Flood of Light and the Shadow Keeper. And, you know, there was a recent question on the Q&A like, hey, uh, you know, Void, huh? Weren't there some quests on the first about the Void? And they went, yeah, but we don't want to make that mandatory. They'll show up, don't worry, but uh, it won't be all, yeah. all that much. And I'm like, but you, you're missing, like, the thing that made people who didn't like Sh uh, Shadowbringers not like it is because it was on another shard, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter. To I them. mean, they and, think, and okay, a lot of us account. had that reaction, right? Coming yeah. out of out of the Japanese fan trust, was like, it's actually the sh the first, and we're like, yeah. we have all this part of like the rest of the world that we're on that we haven't touched yet. Why the hell are we going but over here? What they could do to tie it back in is the Shadow Keeper. And the void quests, and yep. to make that important, and they can, but it won't be the driver of the MSQ, they, and that's yeah. that's good and it's bad. I just I, I disagree with it, but we'll see what they do because they're they're never gonna let a thread. We're, I mean, and now drop. we're yeah. right, and now we're finally yeah. starting to get into the void a little. It, it feels mm -hmm. like there was genuinely like a little bit of a misstep because when mm -hmm. we had six point one, they're like, yeah, we're gonna do this and we're gonna like poke a familiar into the void. And it's like, we did this already. <laughs> yeah, but that was heavily gate kept. So we yeah, need to make it can't. accessible and we're gonna put yeah. it over here. Yeah, and... I just, the thing though for me is like, why even use or keep around those characters if you really aren't just gonna do anything with them, right? Anukali right. stayed there getting updated yes. dialogue for yeah. ages. We have this mass, like those, those characters are massively important. So mm -hmm. I do hope that even if they just do something where like in a future expansion, they do show up and they're like, oh, hey, it turned out we were this, 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 in case you forgot. And we're here yeah. now because we found a way. I mean, they could easily do something like that and not make it mandatory that you do all of the role quests. Right. Or they could also just easily ease the role quest restriction yeah, they, for it. They and should have structured those differently. I mean, Unukalhai like has been around for so long. I would yeah. even argue like, Post Crystal Exarch, or, or you know, pre Crystal Exarch, right? Like Una Kalhai was probably more important in the narrative, and and the kind of intrinsic like lore of what was going yeah. on, than Grahatia was. <laughs> and they yeah. just kind of throw him off into this gate kept like that was that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. 
And now we have a whole other thing where, spoilers, 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 although we've been talking spoilers this whole time. So <laughs> we have this whole other thing where Zero believes that they, well, we believe that perhaps Zero was the last of the heroes that, mm -hmm. at le you know what I mean? But we have other heroes that escaped. So do Anukali and Sayella know who Zero was originally before the mm -hmm. corruption? Do yeah. they know each other? You would, you would think we need to go on a trip. So, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, it's so bizarre that you have basically two groups of people working towards the same thing, and they're just they're not like they're staying in their own lanes because they can't mm -hmm. interact because of the way that they created those void quests based off of the role quests, and it's just like, yeah. oh, it's. Yeah, it's a bummer, and it, it ties together two technically optional things in the Warring Triad, which is technically—I mean, you you didn't yeah. have to really get too deep into it—and then the Void Quest, and you're like, oh man, Unakalhai is so screwed. He's behind two optional content. I think, but then again, yeah, Crystal Tower is optional. No, yeah, and not, I mean, so. and during the the 14 hour broadcast mm -hmm. too, I think they they talked about this a little bit because they. Um, during the live letter, they had this kind of interview with the, the scenario group talking about mm -hmm. these uh, role quests, right? And how the the, the warriors were kind of based off of like the um, uh, the archangels the from Eleven, yeah. which is like I was like, mm -hmm. heck yeah, like yep. uh, which I hadn't really thought about until they like showed that slide. I was like, oh yeah, okay, except for, yeah, cool. right. except for like the Lalafell Black Mage. Excuse yeah. me, <laughs> what are they called? Tarutaru. Tarutaru. Yeah, Tarutaru. Yeah. Tar -tar. And and they're you know the, the way that they talked about it, I think Ichikawa mentioned you know they don't want to put anything too crazy like mm -hmm. behind he grew up they don't want to like basically like put MSQ stuff behind things like the Void Quest yeah. and stuff and I'm like I agree but you shouldn't put the story behind locked content like that I think I think they need to like ha I mean have role quests and stuff right whatever like the end the the way that they handled it um, I kind of get it. To be honest, it has like, been I, weird. I, I agree. I agree that this this stuff is so rich and should be readily available to everyone, but it made it so much more satisfying to actually mm -hmm. level those jobs and do those quests, put the effort in. And if they if they give you a That's different story true. for those but role I, quests, it's 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 going to be hard to match something of that caliber mm -hmm. and again have it be something That's fair. that people aren't mad that they don't get to see again. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I just I think I think they they ended up having a double dip narratively with some of the early void stuff in in Ed yeah. Walker, and yeah. it's just it's a bummer because they had all this really good stuff that they couldn't use because just of the way like, you're looking at the other side. It's like, uh, are we are we doing this again? It's like yeah. it's like it's like every few years when like two movies come out and they're like really similar. Mm. <laughs> it's like oh this this used to be the same movie and then some writers oh. moved over and the studio adapted some stuff and. Conversely, though, it did give a unique reward to players who did all of those quests yeah. because we weren't yeah. even sure if it was actual foreshadowing of things to come. And it mm -hmm. turns out it 100% was. So just if you not did them with at them. Time, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe with them. But I mean, it's one of those things where like, yes, I think it is kind of weird that they've done a redundant thing on it. But I mean, technically, you did get foreshadowing of post and Walker if mm -hmm. you did those and you put the time in and you did all the bonus quests. Which I do think is a special reward, right? That mm -hmm. um, yeah. you could have this on your horizon and That's, have an idea. It was a slightly different experiment. It was a dragon scale testing experiment. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the other raid. Here we go. 
People were so near excited far, when they announced a near are. a near collaboration with Yoko Taro. Um, for me, near look, I will acknowledge oh, there's a lot of people out there that love near. They love near Automata. They love Drakengard. Awesome. Love what you love. I have tried so many times to get into near Automata, and I just I just can't. This is not my thing. So when they hmm. announced this, I was like, all right, like, well, okay. The 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 raids themselves, the battles were really cool. They had some really cool mechanics. The, s- the, mm-hmm. the story was there a story? The gear, the gear was amazing. Most <laughs> oh, the, of the gear, the gear. Was it was all great. it was just fan service, and it was all very samey <laughs> for for the first two dungeons. You know what? I will buy two of the same dress if there is some sort of slight difference in it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, I I will say this. I think the story, especially knowing the incredible depth, the mm-hmm. unique storytelling devices, everything that Yokotaro is capable of. Um, I don't think the story lived up to either 14's quality of storytelling or Yokotaro's. Right. Now, um, go, go, but, if you go back. But, 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 because I do want to keep a good thing as well in this, because um, again, Shadowbringers was a phenomenal expansion. And I think we've been going pretty hard on the critiques in the last. 20 minutes. Um, but with all of that said, the actual raids, yeah. I do really like. They were good. I love the music. I think a lot of the mechanics and things are great. I think there's some really interesting little like Easter egg details and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Um, I loved the one where the buildings come up through the floor. Like that's so buck wild and the yeah. music is amazing. Yep. And so all of that I actually love about the raids and I do enjoy when they pop in the actual like raid queue, even though people bail on them because they can be <laughs> a little spicy still. But uh, the actual story, I think, was not the full quality that either of the creators could have delivered. But no. I think the actual raids themselves were cool and we saw Very some fun. innovation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super yeah. fun. And we, yeah. if you go back, there's uh, we did an episode with Anonymous too, um, just deep diving into that near story. Um, which made it make a little tiny bit more sense. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, TLDR is is they had the story that was heavily built off of the Nier and Drakengard stuff, but if you didn't play that, you didn't know what was going on, and that's not how collaborations in other games should work. Um, but the, the fights oh. themselves and stuff were, were great. The music was great, but uh, narratively, it was it, it flopped. It flopped hard. If we, <laughs> if we talk about the Q&A in the future, there is a question that it's my near collaboration for you fusion the way you feel about that near collaboration okay there were words spoken about kingdom hearts and what a collaboration might look like not that it's ever going to happen but what it might look like and yoshi p said something like well it would have to be more of an integration of the two and i'm like if you don't do this to me do not bring that here i am i am I mean, we already had yokai watch. What's the worst yeah. they could do, right? Well, I mean, uh, we already had the freaking Omega tier where we saw a bunch of shit from other Final Fantasy. It's not like they could put any Disney in. Uh, I don't know. I'm afraid that they won't put any Final Fantasy or Disney in. They will just put in Kingdom Hearts. That's my fear. That's Sora. yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and, but you know, tech, that's just tech, me that's, being a curmudgeon. I mean, that's the but problem, I think they've though. learned from this. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I really absolutely. think they have. So I, I my immediate response was, oh, God, no. But I think that they have truly learned and they would go to better steps to integrate it in a way that actually makes sense this time. Right. I mean, and that's that's what I said too. the best part mm-hmm. about the near raid is that they decided not to do collaborations. Yes. For this expansion. We have things Next that up. are mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 14 stories 
as yeah. the raids mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm-hmm. Not that they I mean, haven't Mist done of it. of the Realm is well great so before. Far. Yeah, like like Evilly stuff was really good. They integrated that really well. They mm-hmm. carried it through Boja, they, and then they just dropped yeah, it. They made it part yeah. of fourteen though. Right. More, I mean, even le- even before. Even before we had Return to Ivelisse, we knew that Gaius was from, like, Dalmasca and stuff yeah. like that. We had those little drops and stuff. So it was already part of that world. It wasn't like they're like, all right, and we'll take this for 12 and we'll just slap it on here. Like, that's mm-hmm. not how it worked. Um, and, and so, yes, more of that is if, if yeah. you're going to tie in stuff, that's how you do it. Um, mm. And I think they learned nah, that. Nah, and that's nah, baby. why yeah, I think, I think the, the raids it. are working as well as they are right now, narratively and storyline wise in, in, in 14. Um, I yeah. hope I hope the next ones to come are like big history lore dumps. Yeah, like this is what happened in the first Umbral Calamity or whatever mm-hmm. shit like that. Yeah. I would do about that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Hildebrand raid? No. <laughs> I mean, at some point we have to deal with Asura, or maybe not. But that was a cool kind of breadcrumbing that did not ever go anywhere. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I had forgotten about that with Bojo yeah. 2. You're totally right. Yeah. Like it'd be yeah. Cool. I feel like they instead decided to interpret the queen, like the chair as being the many-armed mm-hmm. entity and stuff like that, yeah. but it's definitely not the like Asura the Primal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, they might, maybe, maybe we'll see it somewhere else. Um, I mean, some of the other it's- stuff... T- I was just going to say, it is funny because Shadowbringers, I think, still to this date is many, many people's absolute favorite expansion. And the actual core expansion itself uh, was absolutely phenomenal. Like we talked about, unforgettable, game-changing, worth every accolade, worth every single thing. Just so incredible. Uh, And yet, the bonus content for it had its strengths and weaknesses, you know? Mm-hmm. I, maybe it was just very hard to follow suit after Shadowbringers. Right. And, it's, and, it's, and it's interesting, too. I mean, if you've been listening to this, this episode, you're like, okay, he said it was like the golden era, but then he's complaining about all this stuff, which just shows you how good that main, its main scenario was, right? That, yeah. that, that's just how incredible uh, they, they wrote mm-hmm. that. Um, oh, I, we, can't, we can't touch on content, though, and not mention the weapons quests. Because that was one area where oh, yeah. the, the fights themselves, I was like, but eh. the story for the weapons was yeah, one of I really, yeah. Well, I mean, so you had well, well, hold on now, because there the, the fights were there were different types of the fights though, right? So with the weapons, that first one we did ruby weapon, which was oh. Remember, like, Ruby? What weapon? are you guys talking, yeah. talking about? I mean, oh, you know, you're fighting the thing, and then all of a sudden it's Nail Van Darnus, and it's like you're fighting in Cartno. It was so and cool. It was insane. I lost my shit during phase yeah. two. That was like that was like my thing for that patch. I would go and, and queue up for trials, and I'd get Ruby weapon, and then you see like there's a new player, and you're just like, <laughs> and inevitably that phase transition. What? the hell is going on and i'm just like yeah buddy (laughs) that was really cool but then you also had right again they experimented a little bit they're like we're gonna have you do an instance review pilot it back yeah Uh, all right (laughs) could have been better i don't know if you guys remember but could have been better the first the first uh like bit of that that we had i was not impressed Mm -hmm. 
at all. I was like, oh, look, we have color-coded army mm-hmm. brats, That's, army yeah. orphans. Yeah, that was a I'm thing. I'm not impressed at all but the story got but then and then and then we also had a first in where they gave us a new little just instanced hub with with wordlet right and and again and again with with bocha and gonganos but having that just that little it like little area just to and the whole expand the world Mm -hmm. the gaia stuff oh it was not it was not a redemption arc it was a no a self-acceptance arc. Oh, yeah. I was a bad guy. I, I, and I thought I, that was very interesting too. I, I baby cried at the end. Like it, they just—it was such <laughs> a really cool. Uh, and then you have like the milkman. Uh, milkman. The worst. That the worst bastard. villain. You're the worst villain. Mm-hmm. Burn out the good or the bad or whatever. <laughs> whatever. That, that was creepy as hell, and I like yeah. it was great. It was <sighs> great. I I like <sighs> genuinely hated this man. Zenos could have learned a thing or two. Maybe, maybe Zenos didn't drink his milk. That's I think it. You we figured it out. Hate Zenos too. I'm just gonna say that's fair. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff. A, a lot of yeah. good storytelling in in that the weapon quest line too. Um, then of course, I mean, a couple like house. I mean, that's that's the the bulk of it, right? But we also had stuff like there was only one dungeon a patch. In Shadowbringers, which was kind of a bummer after having two for mm. so long, it really made those expert roulettes drag a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get a deep dungeon, which is kind of a bummer. But eh. that's what we had. I mean, they 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 switched it around. We got Boja. We, we still dungeon. we still had Boja. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it wasn't like we didn't have they that. Use their time. Yeah, they use their time instead of making dungeons that very very quickly fall by the wayside to make bigger content that does also eventually fall by the wayside <laughs> but gives us more of a of a variety of yeah. things. Yeah. And then of yeah. course, I think the biggest crime of Shadowbringers. There was no Hildebrand go. quest. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But you yeah, did get I... a, a cool cameo. Yeah. So what I was a, lot, a little bit. The first time I saw somebody post that, I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Was I was a little wild. bit interested to see what they were going to do with him because he fell into a portal. He was going somewhere, right? Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, what stupid shit!" Obviously, happen to him he's on going the first. to the first. Mm-hmm. Duh. But perhaps not. I know. I'm. Don't be mad at me. I'm not a, a big Hildebrand. It's all fan. your like, fault. <laughs> it just. I, what, I didn't. I didn't care that he didn't show up. What What don't you <laughs> I, like about just just. Dipping your hands in some salamander I, oil and just rubbing them abide by all just over stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the way that he people. just yeah. He just fails his way through. <sighs> yeah, but, but, I you know. I mean for all that we didn't get some of that and that some of the bonus content, I thought some of the bonus dungeons we got in Shadowbringers were really great. Uh, a few of them are so fantastic. Uh, and then, especially those ones that came out like right after release, they were yeah, really the twinning good. is twinning. Oh, something. Uh, yes. Oh, it's something and, I wanted to mention earlier. Actually, okay, uh, you finish. I'm sorry. You go, go. Oh, no. All I was going to say is that. Um, so there was all of that, and then a little bit more of a mixed, I think, feeling on particularly the raids and other bonus content, although there were some good innovations and things with mm-hmm. that as well. But one thing that I do think knocks it out of the park, like as the final thing with Shadowbringers, was that 5.3 culmination. Oh, that story yeah. leading up to it, those moments. 5.3, I think, is the single patch that has emotionally destroyed me the most. Mm-hmm. I just Agreed. sobbed. 
it doesn't feel like the expansion is complete unless you have really gone through all of that. And the, sh the expansion on its own is fantastic. But mm -hmm. once you've gone through that 5.3 journey, it was such a powerful culmination. It's, it's one of those things too. I, for for me personally, like obviously, like what we had in game, right, was just uh, oh my god, the way they brought it kind of to an end, right, on the first was just beautifully done. But then you oh, that damn song, <laughs> that damn song, to the edge, the mm -hmm. lyrics in that song. And then hearing about Soken. Mm -hmm. Man. Seeing Yoshi P made me cry. Seeing Yoshi P cry made me cry. And then <laughs> I was know, already crying, but then I was crying like, more. Tying the lyrics into the narrative of 14, but then tying the lyrics into the narrative of real life. And it's just like. And his battle with cancer. For anybody who doesn't <sighs> know, because we found out retroactively that um, Soken, the composer for the music, for anyone again who might be like newer or not totally know, um, had been battling cancer during um, much of the actual like time he was working. He, he um, did this song in the hospital. Like he brought yeah. in some equipment and stuff and he was working in the hospital while doing cancer treatments and it's so just like good. Yeah. and he was very clear about the fact that he wanted to because it helped distract him and it was like yeah. you know gave yeah. him some yeah, yeah, and he also yeah. square enix was yeah. like working him for the ball. yeah he wasn't and he was worried yeah he was worried that it wouldn't like be up to par because he was doing it in the hospital and it's probably one of the favorites of and then uh, yeah, yeah that uh and then ishikawa was like i was giving you so many changes to do you bastard like yeah like some, the team like the didn't team know, didn't know. the team had no idea. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's wild, yeah. but yeah, to the edge. I think that's uh, definitely definitely towards the top of my list of of all fourteen mm -hmm. songs. It's just it, there's so many interpretations that it has now. Yep. Um, the um the thing I was gonna bring up uh, a moment ago, <laughs> again throwing back to the very first thing we talked about, like something memorable from this was. Uh, the freaking memes that came out of the twinning music. Yeah. Uh, yeah and how yeah. even the dev team came back around and made their own little video. Dance on stage at <laughs> yep. FanFest doing the... Yep. Yeah. And then it was also the dance was in the uh, Primal's music video for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> they really it embrace shows, that. Yeah, it shows how much they love their game and they love how much we love their game. Mm-hmm. And I think... Did we I, did it? That's, that's Shadowbringers, everybody. There's so much more. Do, oh, we, yeah. just is. do we do an Endwalker retrospective? I feel like we're kind of in Endwalker still, right? Yeah, we're not done yet. Yeah. Mm. yeah I think we do it yet. after the last patch, maybe. Maybe in yeah. the run-up. After after the point five yeah. part, yeah. however many parts they have to have to yeah. space it apart. Yeah, like leading up to the next expansion. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's a good time to do it. So it's done for now. Woo! <laughs> after yeah, we did it. 10,000 years. Um, mm -hmm. All right. That's going to do it here. Let's wrap this up. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. If you want, you can find me on the internet at all the things Rafflederg, R-O-F-L-D-R-G. That's Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Zen. Hi. I am on Twitter at Zenidra underscore A. I am on Twitch and YouTube at plus the word, one the number, number shout one, the word. On the Twitch, word. there are underscores, and on YouTube, there are not. There you go. I'll do now. This is your time to shine. Here and only here. Also, Twitter. I try and use that usually. I mean, mostly just to re reach. Every so often, I see Aldino like, like oh. one of my tweets, and I'm like, oh. 
Yeah, you know, I looked at he's it. Here. He's here. He's I'm, social I'm here. media-ing. Yeah, I'm doing it a little bit. Uh, mostly, I've been uh, in the comments on our YouTube, though. Those are fun. Because uh, there's a lot of people who oh want to continue yeah. the, con- the the conversation there. So that's another place you can find me. If you if you throw anything about balance, I will I will come in there and I will talk to you. Probably. I'm going to steal this. I'm going to steal this back really quick. There uh-huh. was somebody who put a comment in our... Um, Oh my god, my brain's gone. In our show with with Rin recently, it was mm-hmm. like it was so nice to see a group who could talk about the balance of right. jobs without getting angry and just be chill. I was like, that's the nicest comment like we've right. ever it was, gotten. It was a it was a great. I mean, I think I said this last week too because I was I was out because I had COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that was a fantastic episode. I thought the discussion went so good mm-hmm. during and that episode. It, and it it's a tough to conversation. Yeah, it is a tough conversation. I mean, it goes to show that you can be passionate about things. You can even have strong feelings about mm-hmm. things at certain topics, but you can still anchor yourself in your love of the game and the community and in maintaining, yeah, an atmosphere <laughs> where it doesn't feel like everybody's being ripped to shreds, yes. like like piranhas in the water just mm-hmm. shredding each other. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's been so great to read the, the comments recently. There have been mm-hmm. so so many really just pleasant people. So, yeah, Twitter. Uh, in the comments on our YouTube and on plus, I'm not going to do it. plus one shot. That's the word. Uh, I'm in a few word. of the games. Thank you. Thank you. Fusion. I got you. Uh, but that's it for <laughs> me. Really All right. Last, but certainly not least Rook. Yes. Hello. You can find me on Twitch, usually two to three days a week uh, at Rookery, R-O-O-K-U-R-I. You can also find me over on YouTube at Rookery. And we did just finally at long last finish up officially. My first reactions playthrough of Endwalker. I played it back at release 72 years later, <laughs> but uh, because we do usually one to you two. You look really good for 72 plus. Thanks, I've been, uh, you know, <laughs> into the Swords of Young Virgins. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, other than that, yeah. You can find me on YouTube also at Rookery. You can watch me be a huge mess about the game we love uh, in real time. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Rookery underscore. Honestly, looking back on 10 years of Final Fantasy XIV was so much fun with all of you. It was really cool to hear even your thoughts and, you know, portions of the game that I wasn't there to hear and go through even the portions that have brought us this far. And I can't wait for the next Yeah, Rook Rook is 72. Imagine how old the rest of us are. (laughs) Back in my day. Ancient. Ancient. But yeah. What? (laughs) Yeah, ancient. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody has not watched the previous portions of our podcast going through every era of Final Fantasy XIV, definitely look for them, and I'm sure we'll have all the links and stuff in the comments as well, going from one point Correct to Mundo. Mm-hmm. We talked about this game a lot. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like every weekend of the year. <laughs> uh, if you want to just contact kind of like all of us, cumulatively, cumulatively, Cumulatively. Encompassingly. That could be word, right? That could be used to. Uh, email us, aetheriteradio <laughs> at gamerscape.com. You tweet at us at aetheriteradio. You can also find us as Gamerscape on uh, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Discord. We've got a uh, Aetherite Radio channel over on the Discord, discord.gg slash gamerscape if you want to talk to us about the show. Uh, if you are watching on Twitch right now, thank you everybody for tuning in live. Uh, make sure to hit that follow button if you want to, uh, you know, keep up with us here every Saturday noon, PST. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thanks for catching the VOD. Make sure to like and subscribe and comment. 
his Hit algorithm. that bell or whatever that stuff yeah. is. Yeah, I don't know we'll show that algorithm who's boss, everybody. Um, yeah, that is going to do it. That's really sweet. So that is going to be it. We will see you back here next time. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.